Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back Yarmar Yager. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. I almost pulled a Tony Romo there and jumped in in the middle of the cheering, Bob. But man, that just—I just, <laughs> just got—I got goosebumps again. I don't know about yeah. you. I couldn't get enough of the Yager stuff. Him in the booth uh, during the game with uh, Josh Getzoff and and Borky was fantastic. Dropping an f bomb in the middle of it, just like old times. <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't hear about that. Is that what happened? Yeah, it was a close call, and Jari made a save, and he, he gave one. Oh, oh, he, he did, and then apologized. I quickly. was listening, and, and yeah. I miss, I must have missed that line. Um, no, it was it was very. He was he was insightful about the power play when he was in the booth with those guys. What a great line! Those guys respect, respect each other too, too much, much. Yep. and then he broke it down. I mean, I'm with Yoey that he should be part of this organization moving forward as like a consultant or or in some role. But anyway. I just couldn't get enough of any of it. The, the spit and chicklets thing, the uh, clips I saw from the Friday night event, and of course him out on the ice with the Penguins twice, once at practice and then once right before the game for the warm up. I literally, when we just heard that again, I got goosebumps again, Bob. It was unbelievable, and the Penguins do it tremendously well. Kudos to Kevin Acklin, the entire staff over there, because. They know how to capture a big moment, and this was a big moment. Uh, and it's good to see that they're starting to do more of this. There are certain people who, you know, should be in those rafters based on success, and down the road there will be more. But Yager, I mean, you won't find a better career in 11 years with five scoring championships, all the amazing uh, memories that he provided as a player here. So, yeah, I'm glad they did that. And 
You know, fans love that stuff. They do. They eat it up. They get there early. They want to see more of it. And you're right. It went 55 minutes, Joe, and it felt like it could have gone for another 55. Wasn't the best part, though, him being on the ice? What a great idea. Yeah. Who came with, up with that, uh, with that idea? With mullets, and he's going. Was I'll that Sully? He, I thought it was Sully I don't know. For, for the Saturday thing. And then the game itself, I didn't expect that. Drills. Did you expect that? Oh, no. no. That, I, was, that was the best thing of all. I, I saw them coming out with mullets, and I expected that because they've done stuff like that before, you know. Whatever the, but I did not expect him to be the last guy out, uh, full oh, uniform. I get goosebumps again. With a captain, talking about yeah, it. with a captain C on his sweater, and oh. he's skating around there. And Sid honestly, in a mullet, Sid with the mullet wig. Oh, it was the best mullet too of all the mullets. That was the best one. He looked like a rock star. He is a rock star. But the point is, he looked good enough, and he's still playing. I guarantee you, he could have made a difference on five power plays or whatever it was. They everybody got. was thinking the same thing. I mean, yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have been the only one. Let couldn't they just let him play in one game? I just thought, one I thought, game for 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 one. Look at the power play last night. Yeah. You think they would have given up a shorthanded goal? It's just the whole thing stinks. I don't even want to talk about the team right now and 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 the power. Play. Oh, but we do eventually. We will eventually. <laughs> I want to talk about him. I think he could have helped for a game. No I'm, question. I'm dead serious no on question. the power play. Hey, uh, who was it? Gordy Howe. He played into his fifties. Yeah, and he was actually playing, playing, not just a power play guy. Right. He's limited ice time, but still played, and he's in great shape. So you could see that. I want to um, hear it again, Bob. I don't care. I'm the type of person who, if something's funny, I want to tell the joke until everybody throws stuff at me, until <laughs> until all the funniness is squeezed out of no, it. You know what? If there's a great moment totally on the radio, agree. let's keep playing it. Nelly, Bob didn't have his headphones on. He was fumbling over there a bit. So let's play. Again, is it necessary to get in great well, detail? No, no one sees is, what I'm doing here. This is for here, you. This again, is for you. This was the your, replay this is was for your you. passive-aggressive chance of taking a shot at me. No, there was no shot there. I'm fumbling. Every, I, I wasn't fumbling everything you around. Were. I was getting you, organized. You didn't have your headphones on. Okay. Point is, I want to play it over again, and I want you to be the benefactory. Benefactor? Okay. The benefactor is me. I've listened to it already quite a bit, so I will listen to it again. Mom yeah. and Dad, stop fighting. And I bet you'll get goosebumps <laughs> again. You've replaced Ron right now. You're my. I divorced Ron, and now uh, now we're married. And we're going to have the same problems, aren't we? Um, actually, or did Ron divorce me? I guess Ron technically divorced me. He's yeah, the he one did. who left. Well, I can see why. There's insurrection in this household. There's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little Nelly's going to be. He's going to be in therapy someday. Welcome to, uh, I guess it's the Joe Going Show. Going to be? It's the Joe Show it's never on 93.7 The, the Fan. When you're in the building, it's the Bob Show. No, it's the Joe Show. I'm glad to have you here, Bob. JP Roofing off the top. Uh, here's a rundown of what's happening on today's show. Bob over there and I are going to choose the top 10 Penguins. We're going to choose our all-time pit basketball team with Blake Hinson tearing it up. All 21st century pit team. I should say. So you're talking about year 2000 on? Yes. Okay. We have Paul Steigerwald, who did a great job yesterday. I thought at, he was MC. terrific. He was it's, really it's good. It's not easy to do that, too. No, and, I know you've done it, right? And, and you, to keep that, you know, of course, the subject matter helps, and everyone's into it and seeing yeah. all the stars that are, but still, you got to you got to live up to it, and he did. He's going to join us at 11. He was with Yager, you know, for large portions of the weekend. I don't know. I, I can't get enough of this. I want to watch the clips over and over again. I want to hear him talk over and over again, Bob. What's the biggest event you ever emceed? Oh, boy. Uh, give me a moment to think about that one. Well, let's uh, take a listen to this okay. while you think about that. Nelly? Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back Yarmar Yager.
this bump. That's the best part. I thought it was going to keep going. So did I. Do you get goosebumps, Bob? Listening to that, I literally do. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank I get emotional. Just, I cry about a lot of stuff. When that banner went up, I had a little tear in my oh. eye. Just because it, it represents two things. A great career that we were all blessed to watch, but also the end of it. And I hate endings because I know there's often a new beginning, but it's not ever going to be the same. Right. And how about when he hugged his mom? How about saying, my girlfriend's too young. She doesn't remember my time here <laughs> in Pittsburgh. That's a good line. <laughs> We're going to listen to the whole speech later. I thought uh, that was beautiful. Because we need to. But if you didn't, if you didn't melt in some way, uh, even if not outwardly, but in some way, when he thanked his mom and went over and hugged her, yeah. oh, my God. The only thing that was disappointing a little bit, and you, you can't control this, is his father died last year. He would have been very proud to see I that. Know. Banner go up that, you know. But what are you going to do? I'm sure he was watching from above. And Mario Mario there was the perfect touch right to Yager's right as as he spoke. That was awesome. And the ovation that he got was great, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's good to see that Yager said he owed, you know, his decision to come to the United States to, and the Penguins to draft him because of Mario Lillian, basically. He watched him as a kid and he he wanted to play with him. I mean, as the story goes, in the end, and it takes sometimes decades for these stories to fully flesh out, it sounds like other teams wanted Yager, but he didn't want them. He simply wanted to play with Mario, so he told them he wasn't coming over here, mm -hmm. and he had eyes only for the Penguins and Mario. Not that it was easy, I don't think, for him to get over here, but he did. What a great story. <clears throat> I thought Craig Patrick, he tells it well, that when he was – talking to different people, uh, he got the feeling that Yager exactly said no. I, when, when teams ask, are you want to come? Are you? Nope, I'm not coming. Don't waste your time. Penguins, yep, I'm coming. You got Lemieux, I'm here. So great. Pretty amazing. So what's the biggest, or one of the biggest, some of the biggest events that you emceed, Bob? Oh, okay. Um, there have been a lot of nice ones I'm honored to get in those positions. I would say um, – I had to emcee the Steelers ring ceremony in 2005 after they beat Detroit or beat wow. uh, Seattle in Detroit. Wow. And that was nervous only because it was all players, families, you know, team owners, coaches, and they were very interested in getting to the party afterwards. <laughs> so we had to make it, you know, get it, get going, call everybody up to get their rings and the expressions and everything on their faces. Did you get a ring? <clears throat> no. I think you showed no. us the MC. At no, least but half it, a it, ring. It was really interesting to see the reaction of players when they saw the rings. You know, I bet. how big they were and all the picture taking that followed. It was it was interesting. So I mean That's pretty cool, Bob. It was to get pretty to cool. do something. I was like that. very honored to get that call. So who's who when when people whistle in the crowd, Bob. Did you hear that one? Was it one person with that loud, loud whistle? Can you do that where you put your pinkies no. on the sides my of your My wife, mouth? Lisa, she can do it. Really? Oh, my goodness. She could raise a roof on the house with her whistle. This is the loudest yeah. I can whistle. I, I'm not. I, I just, I whistle while I work. I do. What's the loudest you can whistle? I don't know why I chose that song. <laughs> I'm not oxygen. Nelly, can you do that? The loud whistle, the whistle guy? Where you have your no, he says no. He's on the phone. I wonder with who, Bob. 
I can't get enough of it. I still can't. I want to watch it all. I want to see it all. I want to hear it all. I want to celebrate it. And I didn't even get along with him, and he didn't like me. I think he still has me How blocked on Twitter. How could he not like you? I don't know. I agree with that. I, I've always found him very intriguing. I got, I got to spend a lot of time with him in Nagano, Japan in 1998 with the uh, Olympics and when the Czech Republic You went won. over and covered that. For 42 days, yeah. With Straka, Straka Slager. Larry Slager, Mar- uh, Robert Lang. Robert Lang. All that Czech Republic team, Dominic Hasek in goal. And every time Yager, at that time, I think he was looking for some familiar faces in a crowd of a lot of media people. And I, um, you know, so every game afterwards, did one-on-ones with him. It was great. And we had the games on what CBS. What a great idea to go why. there. Well, I told him. I said, we have the games. Why wouldn't we? Even though the time difference well, was because just, it's in Japan and it might be a little bit expensive and it cost a and lot of money, don't but they were, send but they were okay. We'll never do that again. But yeah, but uh, I mean, we did it and and they won. And you they went there won. and they won. What a great, good for you guys for taking that risk. That you deserved that payoff. Yes, and I remember because Paul Steigerwald was anchoring during that time, and he would throw it over to me, and you know, it was fourteen hours ahead, so it was really early in the morning for the six o'clock news, and. Uh, we were talking about hangovers at one of them because Yager, after the I forget which which game they beat Canada for the gold, but there was a previous game and they went out and pretty you know they had a few days off in between games and they got it and uh, so did I <laughs> with was, them not with them but so did I. <laughs> I was in Tokyo one year. How did you find Japan to be? I How- found it to be great. I mean, but the trip was ridiculous because it was you know whatever 14 hours getting to Tokyo then we had to take a 6 hour bus ride to oh Nagano God. right after that through customs and it Did was you find like, that the toilets and the beds were like an inch yeah. off the ground that's how it yeah. was in my hotel and, and then it was you know space savers you can take a dump shave and shower all within a you know like a phone booth right <laughs> everything's in there and the beds were too small Ellie who are you on the phone with what's going on here bob I don't know maybe it's uh maybe it's Yager himself trying to set up a special interview hold please <laughs> oh, please. Well, something is happening here, Bob. I could be getting fired early in the show. No, he has a smile on his face. That would not make oh. him smile. All right. Yeah, I had the same experience in, to- in in Tokyo. The people were wonderful, but there was also, there's also like a cultural, it's like taboo to express your anger and be loud. So in, in downtown Tokyo, it was like Manhattan with no sound. No beeping, no mm-hmm. people yelling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting the experience. Only, the only sound that was required is when you, if you ate soba noodles, you had to slurp loud. That's a compliment to the chef. And that's the only time you're supposed to make a lot of noises. Did so you, ha- did you ride like the subway, the train, where they had the guy in the white gloves who would shove everybody oh, in when the buzzer yeah. went off? Yes. No, that was that, unbelievable. Going to a, like a department store or something, they treated you, they gave you a gift to go in. You know, here, please, thank you for coming, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. The hospitality was terrific. I couldn't believe I was there in this beautiful hotel where the Penguins stayed. Mario and Natalie Lemieux would be up at at brunch when we went to brunch, and you'd be overlooking all of Tokyo. And I've never seen a city where the buildings are closer together and there's more of them. It was just a phenomenal view. And then the food. Oh. Yeah, the food was great. We we tried uh, Japanese blowfish, which is a very interesting Delicacy over there, which has some poison in it. Anyway, the, <laughs> it does. What do you do? You avoid the. Well, you have to be licensed as a chef. They leave a little bit of that in there, so you get. So a, when like, you bite tingling. into the blowfish, you're afraid you could die. You could. 
I think I'd skip that meal, Bob. Well, I mean, we did it for TV. I didn't eat all of it. I just tried a little bit of it. Could have killed me, but, you know. What a story that would be. KDKA sports anchor Bob Pompiani (laughs) died of eating a blowfish. (laughs) Killed by a blowfish. Who are you on the phone with, Nelly? It was a gentleman who called and asked the score of the pit game on Saturday. I gave it to him. We gave the whole freaking run play-by-play, for God's sake. He called back, asked... Who was number two? I said, it's Blake Hinson. And then he said, <laughs> what year is he in? I said, he's a senior. And then he hung up. And then we have a guy on the line who said, is this 93.7 the fan? And I said, yes. And he said, what are you guys talking about? And I said, well, right now, Yarmir Yager. So we have somebody on the line. Huh. That sounds a little, sounds almost like biting into a blowfish, Bob. I'm not sure I want to try that one, right? Yeah, maybe not. Anyway, the Penguins did it right again. I can't believe that Yager was on the ice. I I just can't believe how cool that was, how great that was. Kudos to everybody over there. Uh, There was something else in the locker room that they did on one of the Penguins shows that they have that was tremendous. I can't remember what it was, but from beginning to end, I loved it. I think he could be a hockey analyst. Here's the thing. He's naturally funny. He's unbelievably funny. Some of the one-liners he had, he was very engaging, down-to-earth, mature. He's the type of guy who walks into a room, everybody turns around. He has that that magnetism about him, Mm -hmm. that charisma. Oh, there's no question. And he was fully engaged and seemed to love it this weekend, that he was being celebrated. And I loved that because it didn't end right. You know, it was partially on him at the time. It was, and it was. He actually admitted on the Penguins. that. Yeah, uh, you know, in the pre- in the press conference that they had earlier in the day. I, I uh, see people still wanting to rip those who booed Yager. I mean, for a lot of the fans, their understanding at the time, without knowing the full story, maybe was that he want he asked out, wanted to be traded, um, could be petulant at times, wound up playing for the Flyers when it looked like he had a flirtation with the Penguins. It's all forgiven, I think. Him, fans booing, whatever it was, it didn't matter anymore. But those people, whoever it was, and it was a lot of them, by the way, they don't deserve to be, you know, excoriated for that either. He understood it also. He came back in how many different uniforms to play against the Penguins. And he had, I don't know if you remember that one year with the New York Rangers. I think he had, if I, I got to double check this, I think he had over 50 goals with the Rangers in that one year he was there. Right. And, you know. He wanted to continue. I think one of the things was when he was with, you know, the the choice he had to make, he was actually considering the Penguins coming back, but he also knew Philadelphia had just traded Carter. And who else did they trade? I don't remember. Uh, Wayne Simmons. They, they had openings, and he felt he could move in there and yeah. actually play in a top six role. And on their first power play. Where he wasn't concerned. He was concerned it may not happen here. So, Right. Did Most he- people, when they get their jerseys retired, they're too old to, to play, and they, right. they look old because they are old. This guy still plays. He looked normal when you watched him going through drills. No question. Nelly, were you going to say something? 54. 54 goals for the Rangers in 2005-2006. So, I remember, yeah, he went there and had an unbelievable season. He had a season. great year. I he mean, was second in the MVP. Ooh, how can he be second? <laughs> Who was first that I year? I believe that would have been Joe Thornton. Yeah, it was ah, Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton. Come he, on. He had 96 assists, but it should have yeah. been Yager because Yager had like 30 more goals than him. Yeah. Anyway, what a wonderful day, and, and we're old, and everybody's old, Bob, unless they're <laughs> young. Did you see? I mean, one of the scenes that really got me was looking at some of those great penguins, and it was it was a it was a camera shot from behind Yager and also behind the little 
group of penguins, former penguins that were mm-hmm. there. And to think of those guys, Ronnie Francis, whoever else was there, Kevin Stevens, and all the great penguins, there's three whose jerseys are in the rafters. Just three. I thought it was and a nice Yager's touch to have Michelle Briere's son oh, there. Oh, was that great? Yes. Uh, just because what a tragedy that was. But, you know. It's been a franchise where Hall of Famers just naturally walk through here, it seems, either in their primes or maybe a little past, but still helping the Penguins. And to see that jersey go up just felt right. You know, it just felt right. And by the way, it's time they waive this uh, retirement clause with the Hall of Fame. If you're playing overseas... You're done here. He's a, not playing in a, back in, here. in a Czech league, yeah. and, and you state that you're. It's obvious that you're never coming back to play in the NHL. Get him in the Hall of Fame. Even if that, even if he did come back, who cares? Uh, you know, the bottom line is his his body of work is out there. It's not going to change at all. You know what he did. Yes. So put it in. Have a special day before it's too late. Like I said, his father's not here to see this yesterday. You know, how about if his mother doesn't see his day, he gets enshrined in the Hall of Fame? You'd like to see that happen, and he exactly. deserves it. And, and it Everyone should. knows it's going to happen, so it do should. it. And the the body of work is just, it's breathtaking. It really is when you consider it in the end. Four straight scoring titles here. Sid and Gino have four combined. He had four straight. Just imagine doing that today. Connor McDavid may do it one day. You know, he well, may How many the- does he have now? Uh, he was creeping up the list. I'm not sure. Right now, Nikita Kucherov is in the lead right now. By how, by For how sure, many? but how many is how many in McDavid a row? started has this guy slowly. Won? He was way back. And he got hurt too. Right. So. Well, wait a second. Is, He's already won three in a row. He's won three in a row, and five of seven. And he still he just had six assists the other night. I know. What's the difference in points, Nelly? And how many games but, left? <clears throat> That's what I'd Kucher- like to Nikita know. Nikita Kucherov currently leads the league with 94. McDavid is third with 81. So it's a 13-point oh, difference. McDavid's going to run away with that thing, don't you think? If he gets six assists a game, he'll he'll have it by next <laughs> yeah, Friday. Yeah, I mean, I he, still he, has, he still has about 29 games left to do this. Exactly. So he can do it. In 29 games, he's going to get about 58 points, right. I would say. Can you imagine? So I, I would say Kucherov and McKinnon have their work cut out to finish ahead of that guy, right? But think about it. We're talking about that. He might not do it. In fact, the odds are probably that he wouldn't do it. Yager did that. Exactly. And he did it at a time where, you know, I, I looked at the roster, and even though I think it was a good roster, it still wasn't the roster that he had back in the beginning of the 90s. Yes. So he was the main man on that team, and people were trying to stop him and couldn't. Well, Bob, it leads to a conversation, many conversations. We're going to listen to the Yager speech later, at least snippets of it, because it was so great. But I'm wondering who's next for the Penguins, Pirates, Steelers, Pitt football, Pitt basketball. Are there people whose jerseys should be retired right now that aren't? And how about some current players? Are they a yes or a no? Can we talk about that next, Bob? Will you sure. engage me in that conversation? Yeah. I mean, I'm more I'm more generous with this sort of thing, so I may say yes to more than you may say yes to. That's okay. That again, makes good I, sports I think talk. I don't understand why it would take so long. Same concept here with the Hall of Fame voting. <clears throat> if yes. you're a team that has so many of these wonderful stars, honor them. Put them up there. You know, proof of performance. It's there. Right? Look at the banners. You'll see. Why That's what my, I would do. My upper right lip, keep, lip keeps twitching, Bob. 
Joe, I want to compliment you. You've lost weight. You're, you're melting away, and I think that's what happens. When, when you don't eat what you want to eat, you start quivering. Goosebumps <laughs> followed by eat. quivering because you're not eating anything. Life's too short to, to ignore the things you love, Joe. I don't know why that happens. I do. I'm eating the things I love. No, Bob. you're not. Yes, I no, am. No, you're not. There's oh no way God, you're losing weight. Oh, my God, my blood pressure's down, my weight's down, and he's trying to bribe me into, or, or entice me. I'm not me trying to bribe you. I just don't. He's trying to get you back you off the gonna, wagon. You're going to miss it, and someday there will be a just a complete massive reversal, and you'll start eating everything, and next thing you know, you'll come back as the old Joe Starkey. It happens with everyone. Don't be ashamed. He's trying to get your blood pressure back up. <laughs> I can't believe this. This is the proudest thing I've done in years. No, it's maybe not. Maybe ever. No, it's not. It's getting golf going out oh and, my God, and almost is, breaking what's going 90. going on here, Nelly? Mom and Dad, stop fighting again. Do you, do, you know how, do you know how difficult it is to break 90? And yes. here you are just a few years into your golf career, and you're, you're doing it. No, I wouldn't say I've done it. I wouldn't say doing it. Doing it is upper 90s. That's what I normally do. But thank you, Bob, for that <laughs> secondary compliment. I can still eat whatever, well, not whatever I want. Let's say I want a carrot muffin. Oh, I crave carrot muffins. Like, really. I'm talking about good <laughs> bolognese with a big fat meatball. No, I can All, do that. No, I you can, can't. Yes, I can. All I do is a little bit of whole grain pasta, but I can still eat. I just don't eat the proportions I did before, which were the size of Mulsey's cranium. <laughs> I'd go home and eat a bowl of, like, ice cream. With, no, I with, agree with, with you there. Lemon lime chips on the side, and then fall asleep in my couch because I was recovering from Ron every day at about two thirty. <laughs> but no, but you're right. It's portion size more than anything. That and drinking a lot of water. I would imagine you do. Yes. Do you drink coffee still? No, coffee's my gateway. Coffee's drug good to everything for you. Bad. Coffee's good for you though. There's a lot of stuff in the coffee that makes it very healthy for you. What in, What in the world is a carrot muffin? A muffin with carrots in it. Right, Bob? Yeah, like I'm gonna go after that. Just, I want if I want a muffin, Joe, it's going to be a cinnamon laced with chocolate chips and all smothered with white icing. I need to finish my chocolate chip. Harry muffin. had one of those on the way out. It had enough chocolate chips in it to feed an army. Should have seen that <laughs> thing, Bob. It had a whole bag of chocolate chips in it. God, I love chocolate chips. Don't you? Did you used to eat your mom's chocolate chip cookie dough? Oh, I used to yeah, all that stuff, and fridge. I still do. And I, I still have. I it. have to I watch that. I grabbed it with my hand and just ate it in full scoops. Because I am envious of you. You know, I wish I can do this. I got to do. I got to do a better job of it. I can help you, Bob. But I saw last night on the showdown. It, it reveals itself in your face. Very thin. Yeah, I mm-hmm. look thinner. I feel. I feel good. For a while, I didn't. Enormous fatigue. So I was also getting over pneumonia. That's what sparked it all. A blood pressure reading mm-hmm. that was higher than. Le'Veon Bell when he was here. I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, and then and then I was 226 pounds, which is more than he weighed when he was a running back. Bob, I was killing myself softly here. Yeah. I had to change. I have to change. Well, good. You've done it. I you and it I off. could do it together. Why is my lip quivering? That's the only problem here. Look at that. Can you tell? It's craving things that you've given up. That's what it's doing. It's telling you, Joe, my, I want something. Don't deprive me. My lip, it's quivering. The last quivering, thing I'm, quivering. The, the last thing I'm going to do is look on the internet. It'll be something like if your if your right upper <laughs> lip is quivering, you could be yeah, dead. Never do, 10 never seconds. do that. Never do that. Guess what, Bob? Hmm. I also have a uh, Twitter poll up there. Which quarterback would you rather have this season, Fields, Rudolph, or Pickett? And I'll tell you the results of that coming up. As well. I we can have guess. To go. We have to go. You have to go. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Just visit them at southhillskia.net. 
Fan Hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. And the Edgar Snyder and Associates Fan Text Line, which has become more important, very important. You need to text all along during the show. Include your name and then a text. Not a question. Not interested in answering questions at the end of the show. I'm interested in your hot takes, whatever they might be, whatever form they take. And that is text in the city with which uh, Bob and I, Bob's going to join me today. It's a long way of saying Bob will join me. So Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Still basking in the auger ceremony and the events of the weekend. Just tremendous. He was just a star. He's still a star. He, his speech was amazing. He was great in his interview last week uh, with Ryan Whitney on those guys spitting chiclets. Then in the event Friday and the clips I've seen of that, just so overjoyed to be celebrated here. I think he joked, he reported that he joked even a half hour beforehand, uh, are they going to boo me, you know? But he just, I'm sure he had that in the back of his mind. He said on the broadcast last night, he couldn't fully enjoy the weekend because he was nervous about the speech. But it raises a lot of different conversations. One is retired jerseys around town. And who's next? Who should be next? Has anybody been left off the list? And Bob, I would like to engage in a 30-second rant, if I may. May I? Yes, you may, because I think your rant is well-timed. Thank you. The fact that Terry Bradshaw's jersey is not retired is a franchise embarrassment. I, I don't care what his relationship was like when he left the Steelers. I don't care about anything he's ever said or done. There's no other market in America, no other football city in America, where a quarterback who was 4-0 and in the Super Bowl with back-to-back Super Bowl MVPs wouldn't have his jersey retired. It's a joke. And no other jersey should be retired for the Steelers until Bradshaw gets that number 12 retired. It, it's ridiculous, Bob. I will co-sign on that, yes. Uh, just because of what he did, what he meant. And you do not see back-to-back MVPs very often. And if you do, you're talking about somebody who is a Hall of Famer anyway. And he is a Hall of Famer. And as a result of that, even before then, you're right, That'll be the, that should be the next one. I think I don't know that it will be the next one, but it should be. Why? The next one. Why is it because of, because of what happened when he left? I mean, we just saw a, a relationship mended with a fan base and whatever else with the Yager thing. That should be a lesson 
to the Steelers. Let's get this. And I know there's been some peace made with him coming back for a ceremony a long time ago with his daughters and things like that. But there needs to be the ultimate peace made with Bradshaw and the ultimate honor bestowed upon him. Retire that man's jersey. But do you think that's the reason why is the animosity when he left? I can only imagine. I mean, what else, what other reason would there be? I have no idea. I'm, you know, I'm, again, I've said this many times, and this this is how I feel about Hall of Fame voting in general, or raising, you know, jerseys, retiring jerseys, whatever the case. I don't care about all the outside stuff. It's what you did when you were here. That's how it should be framed. If you're going to base it on, you know, who's philanthropically doing a great job, and then, okay, fine, but you have to have the on the field accomplishment. And four Super Bowls, regardless of the role of the quarterback, if you were the quarterback to me, that's pretty impressive. And then to be the most valuable player, to me, it's it's a no-brainer. Like I said, this would have been done decades ago in any other city, football city in America. The quarter, the quarterback, right? I mean, I get it that with the Steelers, if you retired every jersey, like of every guy that went to the Hall of Fame, eventually you'd run out of numbers. I get that. But but the quarterback's different, I think. Always, when you win Super Bowls, I think it raises you to another def- another level. Uh, down the road, I would put Roethlisberger in the same thing. So would I. And I don't think there should be any hesitation for that. Okay, let me ask you some others then from Steelers history. Well, that again, is- just so you know, I'm going to preface all this by saying I'm, I'm more generous <laughs> in my thoughts about this kind of stuff. But I also recognize what you just said, that they could run out. If you if you take all the people in the Hall of Fame and just retire all their numbers, right. you know, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem. Yeah. That's why it should be the elite of the elite, the biggest stars in your history only. Okay. You know, I, I think the Hall of Fame itself in every sport has become watered down to where, in many cases, it's the Hall of the Very Good. Retired jerseys should be just the icons, the legends, the greatest of the great. I think baseball tries to do that more than others, but sometimes with they retired get, jerseys or Hall of Fame. No Hall of Fame. I, I think that sometimes you go through classes where there's nobody in them. I know the problem there is I can make a better team outside the Hall of Fame than yeah, I could exactly. have the one in, and that's why Harold I Baines have a, is in. For and, God's sake! And when sakes. you do that, then you open up so many other keys to rooms from people who should be in the Hall of Fame. And again, uh, I Barry Bonds to me should be in. I look at you're allowed to play. You play. That's the end of the story for me. What well, did you do when you play? Okay, based on your philosophy then, I'm sure if you want to deliver rant number two, you can, or I will, Barry Bonds for the Pirates in this storied franchise Absolutely. history. I've already done this rant on there, my show. There's one man who's won multiple MVPs. One. His name is Barry Bonds. It's your rant, Bob. Go ahead. I've said it many times before. If you're trying to honor your history— and your history includes a man who has two MVPs and could have had more, actually. Should have had more. Uh, and one more, for You can't sure. ignore it, regardless of how his departure went, regardless of what happened later in his life with other teams. That only adds to it, in my opinion. He started it here, just like Yager did. It, yes. It, it's very similar to the Yager story, you know, it minus is. all the uh, trappings of the accusations and, and steroids and all that stuff. But he started a Hall of Fame career, which should be a Hall of Fame career, here in Pittsburgh. They should honor that. They should have honored it long ago, I think, and still can and do it. Let the Penguins be a lesson here for, for in, in the cases of Bradshaw and Bonds. And if it's the, the steroid thing keeping him out, get out of here with that. First of all, it didn't happen here, 
right? No, it, it did not happen here. But he, I wish but, Ron was here to say, get out of uh, here. No, he would always this. say that after that. But again, I, I find that to be the the league didn't do anything, and they if they knew it was going on, they didn't. That's on them. I don't care them. what he did anywhere else. What did he do here? And I'll tell you another one that should go up in the rafters before it's too late. I think because the Pirates here are the Pirates retired uh, numbers. You ready? Mm-hmm. Billy Meyer, uh, the manager. The manager number one. I guess uh, he won eight. Well, no, he didn't. What did he do here, Bob? Did he win a World Series here? Um, he was a five-year manager here and a scout for three years? No offense to him, by the way. Yeah, I don't uh, know. He won eight pennants as the manager. Here, here's all you need to know. This is from MLB.com, the Pirates site. And the first thing it says about him is that he won eight pennants as manager of minor league clubs from 26 to 47 be- before becoming Pirates manager in 1948. He managed the Pirates for five seasons and had a record of 317 and 452. What am I missing? Is this you get you get your Again, number I, retired if you're in comparison I, to John Russell? I don't Russell? know, and I and I try to kind of take myself out of this because I wasn't around to find out what, other than reading this kind of stuff. So I don't know the the reasons they decided to put him in or, or retire his number. I don't know the answer to that. But if if you're right, if you're looking at it, you're asking the same questions that we are. Why? So he's in, but not Barry Bonds. Ralph Kiner, Willie Stargell, Maz, Paul Wayner, Pie Trainer, Clemente, Hannes Wagner, and Danny Murtaugh. And everybody has Jackie Robinson retired at number 42. I'm sorry, man, but Barry Bonds belongs there, and I'm going to give you another name. And and like I said, this man deserves to see that raised to the raised to the top of PNC Park. Before, uh, before he can't enjoy it anymore, and that's Dave Parker, number thirty-nine. Parker should be yeah, number I mean, thirty-nine. I don't know why it's taken so long for him anyway? Um, you know, Hall of Fame status. Well, again, now he's he's the best comparison to Yager, just somebody who you know at points in his career here the fans turned on him. You know, I don't know that they ever did while Yager was here, but when he left, they sure did. Um, but fans turned on him while he was here. He was a huge personality. You know, people were jealous of him. I think the personality were, is the reason. Yeah. They didn't like his arrogance at times. It was perceived that way. But first baseball's the more first million dollar him, player, right. they threw batteries at him. Right. Things like that. 412-928-9370. 928-9370. The next jerseys to be retired. We'll get to that in a minute. But the ones that already should have been. Barry Bonds. I put Terry Bradshaw at the top of the list, though. Would you, Bob? Both. I mean, I I, I think they're no brainers. And, and I, we agree on Parker. I Dave Parker should have been long ago too. Absolutely, should be in the Hall of Fame. How about McCutcheon someday? He will. You think he will? Yeah, have his I I, th- I do. I think that caused based, me to ruffle my microphone here. I, I think he. Sh- yeah, I think what he represented here at the time, and again, perhaps this indicates lowering of standards, <laughs> but. His role in those three years that they got in as and the excitement it created, I think they will do that, yes. I don't. I think they should, though. Well, you don't think they will? No. I mean, aren't, isn't the topic okay, here that, that these this. teams haven't put will enough 22, people in? Will 22 go in ahead of 24? Probably. And it shouldn't happen that way. It should no, be the other shouldn't. way, but they it, both it should, should be. Barry Bonds should be next for the Pirates before anybody else, and Terry Bradshaw should be next for the Steelers. Yeah, I agree. And then I think Parker as well. For the Pirates. Parker should, yeah, both. But if you're going to talk one at a time, 
the, here's how it should go. It should go Bonds, Parker McCutcheon, but it won't go that way. It'll go, I'm hoping Parker. I, I don't know what's holding him back on that one. Why, why, you know, Dave Parker comes back to all these events and everything, and uh, yeah, I, I don't I, understand I, you why. Know, I mean, Bill Mazeroski hit the home run herd round the world, right? Mm-hmm. And he was a great defensive player. But isn't Dave Parker the better baseball player? Well, yeah, if you're going to factor in all the offense that he brought, his defense and right field. He also um, played on a World Series champion, right. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he Correct? did. Correct? He did. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Parker, home runs. He's sixth Again, all-time. As an organization. All-time for the Pirates behind Stargell, Kiner, Clemente, McCutcheon, Bonds, and Parker. If, if, if you're with an organization that wants to take pride in itself, and, and they, they all do, um, you have proof of performance that people done, have done it. So celebrate it. I go more than less on these kinds of things if I'm in charge. I want people to say, and I, I pick my spots to do it, spread it out, whatever the case, but I would do it. Do you think Pittsburgh has made its peace with Barry Bonds the way it has with Yager? Uh, no. I mean, aside, but, aside from whether or not he should have his jersey retired, I'm just asking that question. I think with older people, no, but with younger people, yes, because I think the younger people don't really care about all the stuff I think Barry was his own worst enemy, though. He really was. He could have handled things a lot better while here, and he didn't. I think he's attached to one play and one play only unfairly, and it's the it's Francisco Cabrera It's the Francisco Cabrera, Cabrera and, it's, and it, it is unfairly. That was not a bad throw. Now, if he did anything, he wasn't listening to where they told him to position himself out there. But, again, I, I have no problem with how that all went down. But yeah, yet I, somebody, I have, I have yeah, that's some... the one thing people talk about. When you talk about 1992, Fulton County Stadium, it's going to be Barry Bonds' throw, and it had nothing. It, to me, it had nothing to do with why they lost. Yeah, I, and I think that that's the one thing that gets attached to him more than well that and his lack of production in the playoffs, right? Yeah, but you know Willie Stargell didn't have until '79 when he. But he did have '79. Yeah, but I mean, up in you know, there were a lot of times. It's difficult sometimes when you're the star player and you're in these short series, and somebody figures out how to pitch either around you. You know, you don't get the numbers that uh, – but, boy, he came alive in San Francisco, didn't he, in the postseason? Man, I'll say. All right, we're agreeing on a lot of things here, Bob, except that we you think McCutcheon will have his number retired. Yes. I'm not so sure about that. I think he should. I think he should. He has an MVP award, by the way. I just read you the all-time homers for the Pirates. He's fourth. The guys ahead of him are Stargell, Kiner, and Clementi. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right. Maybe they will do it. Maybe I should take that I'm just that more back. interested sure to find out do. the order, when they do it, who goes first. Do you know that Jason Kendall was hit by 177 pitches, Bob? He was Ron Hunt of the Pirates. Remember Ron Hunt? He used to crowd the plate and get drilled like purposely. He wanted to get hit. Jason Kendall was the same way. Who had the all-time stolen base percentage for the Pirates? If you get this, I'll treat you to a nice Okay, dinner. I would say Omar Moreno. That's probably not the right answer, though, right? No, he's ninth. You're talking about success rate. Yes. It's absolutely incriculant. Um, Wrong. Tony. Wait, wait. Womack. Yes. Tony Womack at 89%. Yeah, but how many did he try? You're always trying to cut people down. No, I'm just asking how many because I I remember. (laughs) He stole um, a lot. He had 60 steals one year, 72. 
That's also year. a lost art. You don't see that Wait very a second. often. He might be one of the greatest base dealers of all time. Have we talked about that ever? No. Am I looking at the right guy? Yeah, Tony Womack. He had years of 60, 58, 72 steals in his career. And he stole at a 90% rate? You never told me about this, Bob. Honestly, I didn't know he was that successful at it. <laughs> Who's next for the Penguins? Have the Penguins uh, missed anybody over the years so far? I don't think so. Maybe Barrasso? Well, I mean, Would you, you argue Barrasso? He's in the Hall of Fame now. I, I, again, me being more generous than most, I would definitely consider that. And you talk about a, a, you know, a separation of franchise and player and fan base. Tom Barrasso is another one of those. Um, but he hasn't come back for a lot of things either. And I, you know, Who cares? We I, I just know. said I'm that just that saying. doesn't matter. You're asking me why he's not in or whatever. No, That's I, one should of the reason. Should he no, be? I, I would put him in. Sure, I would. There are a lot of guys I put in, but, you know, if you're going to judge it by how many years, longevity, to me that's a different argument. It doesn't carry the same weight as when you were here, what did you do to help them win? It could be a short career here, you know, like Paul Coffey, for example. You know, Paul Coffey was a tremendous acquisition, and what he meant to them uh, was terrific. Uh, how many years did he actually I don't play know here, that he's, a, he's, he's more Edmonton oiler to me. I get it, but, but how about a contribution – to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Was phenomenal, but not to the point of getting your jersey raised to the rafters. Okay. Do you think so? I mean, I, mean, I, include... I just remember, I know how difficult it is to win championships and what he meant to them. Sure. That's all true. He was unbelievable here. He helped transform the culture and helped them win a cup, but I, I, I can't give, I can't raise to the rafters the jersey of a guy who I associate with a different team. I get it. But... How about Barrasso? Again, I would consider that just because he's now in the Hall of Fame and he was a big backstop and I think one of the most important people in them winning two championships. I think any goalie who plays for a team like that has to be that good, and he was. His numbers may not always reveal that. What if you just include it? See, see I do like the Penguins Hall of Fame right now. Briere is obviously an exception because of the circumstances as far as like iconic superstars. And right now you have... Sid, or you have uh, Mario and Yager, and then I think you put Sid up there. Do you put Malkin and Latang and Flurry? I would probably say yes to all of it. Again, that's a, that's a tough one. You have for me. three Stanley Cups on those resumes, all of them. I know, but but I'm I'm just saying I'm thinking out loud here. Well, if, Flurry's if, if, another if example of a guy for, who for you only know, you'll the be remembered icons. as a well. Is he not an icon? You know. I'm going to tell you something. As much as Yager raised the goosebumps last night in that ceremony, I had bigger goosebumps when Flurry first came back here as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. I timed that ovation, and it was pure love all the way through, even though he also was booed at times here. People wanted I, him I to think, be traded. I think Flurry, Flurry's accomplishments merit that. I do, retiring his jersey. I just wonder if you're reserving it only for icons of icons, like the greatest players ever. But again, why, if you're a franchise, yeah, why would you limit it just for that? You're trying to. Then you, do you put Matt Murray in for two Stanley Cups? No. No. Do you put Ron Francis, Kevin Stevens, Again, Rick I, Tockett, Mark Recchi? There are a lot of guys. Where, where do you draw the line? I understand that, but you're talking. You just mentioned those three. Those who, three who, have which, been there. Crosby. Well, Malkin Crosby's and, a given. Latang. They're all been here for a long period of time. 
They've all won three cups. Longevity is part of their story, and it's all Pittsburgh. So, yes, all of them get in. All of them have the jerseys raised. I have no problem so with So the all-Pittsburgh part is important then for you. Well, I mean, it adds to it, doesn't it? I'm just thinking. That's all, Bob. I think once you start opening the floodgates, I, a, I don't think a, that's opening no floodgates. Number. That's three guys who have been here and no, have been you mentioned responsible. coffee though. And I, I mentioned it as part of a discussion that you probably should have. You know, Tom Barrasso was was an eighteen year old goalie with the Buffalo Sabers. Came who in should and won go first, the Barrasso or Flurry? If you're putting them both in, um, Flurry. Really? Yeah. Definitely flurry for me. Reason? Top reason being? Because Barrasso did, I think they don't win either cup without him. Again, it's the top reason being he was here longer, had a lot of success beyond the two cups, three cups. But three to two makes a difference also in terms of cups. Right, so but Barrasso gonna... actually won two cups. Flurry won one, had a yeah, big hand he had in a, another. He did. Okay. And the third, he had basically nothing to do with. I understand that, but he did have something to do with on some critical games. He didn't play every game, but he did. In the playoffs? Yes. Not for the one cup. He didn't have a single win that year. The the year they brought him in. um, Not a single win? I got to double check that. No, it was the year. The first first cup was Sully. I think he played one game against Tampa Bay, and it didn't go well. All right, whatever the case. My answer would be yes and yes, Flurry first. This is interesting, isn't it, Bob? Well, the question is where do you draw the line? That's that is going to be always the question. But again, if I'm a franchise that is trying to prop up what we've done as a group and people who have allowed you to do it as a group, then then I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit more thinking. I hear that. And there's also the star fact, the, the pure star and popularity factor with Flurry. But, I mean, should the Steelers then have Lambert, Ham, Blunt? Like, <laughs> where, like where, where do you draw the line? Hines, Troy Polamalu? You could go on forever. You could. And, again, that's the problem they have with a lot of those guys and numbers. Uh, I, I could say yes to all of them, Joe, couldn't you? See, you look like an idiot, or I look like an idiot if I say no to any of those guys, but I do get it with the Steelers that you, you in football, you're going to run, with the number of people who play, you're going to run out of numbers if you if you don't let any. What about retiring the number and still letting people wear it? Would that make sense? Mm. As long as it's up in the rafters? Yeah. I, how about if you have someone who comes in and takes a seven and has the same kind of resume. Then you have two number sevens up there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Bradshaw should be. Know. Listen, the moral of this whole story is Bradshaw and Bonds should be up there. That's where we started, and that makes the most sense to me. Thank you, Bob. Let's ask Steige about this coming up. Steige did a great job. Wonderful job. Was, was he the master of ceremonies? Is that what you call yeah. him? Yeah, that's he called ran the an show. M- Wait, I just realized MC equals master of ceremonies. Mm-hmm. I yeah, didn't know that M- my whole life. C. It's the same thing. Yep. Did you know that, Nelly? I guess I should have known that, Bob. <laughs> Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Sunny throughout. The- Bob, where are you going? Oh. Uh, sunny throughout the day with a high of 41. 
So, yes, Steige coming up. We're going to get into this discussion. If you're calling, uh, just either stay on hold or call back. Uh, Nellie will be happy to take your call. Yes, Nellie? The 50-minute mark. Yeah, I got that. Um, and we'll discuss all these retired numbers. We didn't even get to the colleges yet. And there's one guy for Pitt football who should be up there, will be up there, but I, I feel like that should have already happened. We'll talk about that as well. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Bob and I still reveling in the Yager weekend, celebrate 68, and one man at the center of it all, the MC, did a fantastic job. Yesterday was our friend and yours, Paul Steigerwald, affectionately known as Steige. Hello, Steige. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Awesome job, man. I was watching from that vantage point of, of being in those shoes, and, and I know what kind of responsibility that is, and you, you handled it beautifully. Thanks a lot, Bob. I appreciate it, Joe. I love hearing that it's the Joe show. That's a good, that has a nice ring to it. Joe. The Joe show, yeah. It can never be that when Bob's on it. Today it's the Bob <laughs> show. Steige's on the fan hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Steige, you're the one who interviewed Yager. I don't know when it was. I think he was with the Panthers um, mm -hmm. in the clips that keep showing up or showed up all weekend. Some great uh, quotes from that. Plus, you were at the center of a lot of these things this week, most notably yesterday's official raising of the jersey to the rafters. What stood out uh, about all of it for you, about the whole week for you? Well, a lot of things. Uh, number one, that Yaramir Yager is a really interesting character, like way more compelling, deeper, more complex than I think anybody really ever realized. And Yes, he is a man. He's matured a great deal, and he still has the boyish quality. And I think some of it's because he never did get married. He's kind of a uh, an eternal bachelor, if you will. But uh, he's got a beautiful girlfriend, as we saw. And I just, I, I was just amazed at how what a what a deep thinker he is. The spirituality of him really struck me too. Like because. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but we did not talk about gambling at all. I didn't bring it up. I didn't really want to bring it up because Yags became notorious for gambling too much, right? I mean, it was just one of those things that people talked about. And what he said when we did the dinner the other night, he talked about going to churches. And I thought, well, he's, he's, he, he has basically replaced casinos with churches. Hmm. He was baptized in 2001 in the Orthodox Church in Prague by a bishop. And when he would come to games as members of, uh, as a member of the Florida Panthers or Flyers, I noticed in his stall every time he had these religious icons that he, that he uh, stuck to the back wall of his stall in the locker room. And there'd be three or four of them there, like the Virgin Mary. And a lot of them were those real old-style-looking icons that you see in Europe. And I, I was always struck by that. But I thought, that's a personal thing. I'm not going to ask him about his, his faith or anything, but make no mistake, that's become a big thing. And he said yesterday, I'm a, uh, I believe in God, and I prayed, and it came true. And I think that he's become extremely reflective on why he ended up being the person he became, the great player that he became, that his destiny was to basically be fulfilled here in Pittsburgh, you know, playing with Mary Ellaview. And I think a lot of it has to do now uh, with his spirituality and the way that he views himself in the world. So 
that to me, I think is the thing that made the biggest impact. I think that's tremendous. And it also goes to show you just how people in general will change. Uh, you do grow up. You do have an opportunity to reflect on things. And I, I thought he was very good in the press conference that preceded all of this too, Steige. He was, um, you know, talking about decisions he had to make throughout the course of his life and why he made them. And they weren't popular, especially here in Pittsburgh when he chose Philly over them. But his reasoning was sound, I thought. It was, uh, you know, it was always sound. I mean, his reason for going to Philadelphia instead of Pittsburgh when he signed with the Flyers was sound. It was a hockey, de- hockey decision. He's, he's, a, he's an extremely intelligent person. You know, we hear the term hockey IQ. How about just IQ in general? The guy's unbelievably smart. He's running a hockey team right now in, in, in Chechia. You know, he, he was talking on the podcast I watched about revenue and how you get your revenue from tickets. And, you know, he has a deep understanding of the business of hockey from having made all that money and, and, and understanding the problems the Penguins went through and how he fit into the scheme of that. And then he, his dad buys a, the team in his hometown and he feels obligated to, to keep the team and keep it going because he loves hockey and he loves his homeland and he wants kids to be able to grow up and have a team in their hometown. I mean, that guy's unbelievable. I, I, I think he's a treasure. I think the Penguins should hire him. I think Fenway Sports Group should hire him. I think he should be an ambassador for hockey in Europe. Uh, you know, he should be FSG's ambassador in Europe. They have soccer teams there. They, you know, they have uh, they have a, 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 a stake in what happens uh, over there. And I think Yager would be the perfect guy to kind of represent the Penguins and Fenway Sports Group, and they should pay him handsomely to do it, in my opinion. I agree. Josh Yelly wrote about that today, that they should find, you know, I guess he's sticking around for a couple of days, uh, find some sort of role for him. He was brilliant on the TV broadcast, Steige. He was funny. He's naturally funny. Like he's he's his speech was hilarious at times, and also he's very perceptive. And the way that he framed the power play was, I think these guys respect each other too much. And he broke it down. He broke down the first power play goal last night. I think he'd be great on TV too. He'd be great at anything he wants to do. He's he's awesome. I'm telling you. First of all, Joe and Bob. Another thing that struck me about that presentation, about everything, what people have to understand is the Penguins are in another universe when it comes to documenting their history. And thank God, because their history has been phenomenal, okay? But for the longest time, people took the time to document, to save video. Uh, Bob and I did it when we worked together at KDKA. We had stacks of old VHS tapes that that were the raw tapes. We got a hold of those. We gave them to the Penguins. They 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 they, they called it. They curated it. They created an archive. Now they can tap into it. And then they have these brilliant guys that work in the Penguins organization to put that stuff together. The, the guy named John Otty. He's a brilliant videographer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when Bob and I worked at KDK, we had Michael Chalik, who was a brilliant videographer. Mm-hmm. People who I think are really underrated and overlooked in terms of. What, what it takes to be able to put something like that on. That presentation yesterday featured three distinct videos. If you didn't have that footage and the documentation, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as good, okay, mm. because you wouldn't have had that opportunity to see. And then you see what Yager was like, the charisma, the smile. He was a rock star. I mean, the natural magnetism of him came through, jumped out of the screen, okay? He's like a movie star. And I, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, he could do anything he wanted to do. I, I really believe that. I think he could run for president of his country and probably win. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, not, I'm totally serious about that. 
And I think he could go to Hollywood and probably find a way to get into movies. Um, especially when he had that long hair and, and, and he was playing a few years ago in the beard. He looked like a, an ancient mythical figure, you know. He just has a <laughs> really, really he, does. he has a really cool persona, right? And, yeah. and, uh, and he can still work on the power play, Stuggy. Come on. Yes, and he could help the Bengals power play. <laughs> Bob, you're next. I thought looking back, one of the things that struck me and it, it made me think about when you were there, when he first came into Pittsburgh and you showed him around and you wanted to be, and I remember you selling that to the people at our station about, Hey, you got to be around this. This is going to be something special. Th- that video more than any of them really hit home with me because it was this guy who didn't speak English coming to this country, yet he was willing to go out and do all of this, even though he couldn't speak, a lot of people would have been intimidated by that. But all he had to do was smile and and show off the personality, and he did. And it was amazing from that point on what it turned out to be. I agree. And I think that was uh, the first sign that he was a special character, right? Uh, we didn't know what kind of a player he was going to be. We assumed he was going to be really good because guys who were picked at that level of hockey are good. And, and then when we saw how big he was, he had all the trappings of being, you know, a great player. Uh, but there was no way of knowing until you really got him into games and got him on the ice to know what kind of player he was going to turn into. But we certainly saw the person right away, the personality, and he didn't have to be able to speak English. As I said yesterday, the universal language is that smile. <laughs> right? Is. That smile and that hair, and boy, did the ladies go after it. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny stuff, man. The other night, I was so funny. I loved that part of the, and I, I bet they didn't even use it on television because it was, you know, it was a little kind of some stuff you'd see in a banquet or something. But I, but I said that, uh, you know, he had gone to the Berlitz school and all he wanted to learn was lines he could use to pick up ladies. And then, <laughs> and then he said, well, then I, he said he hated the Berlitz school. And I said, so you just watch TV, right? And he goes, yes, Al Bundy, married with children. And I said, no wonder you never got married. <laughs> Everybody laughed. It was a fun moment, but. Uh, you know, and he was cool enough to listen. If you're going to dish it, you out. Oh, you got to be able to take it, and and that's what all of us learned in that locker room back then. I mean, you you could not have thin skin around the Pittsburgh Penguins ever. And uh, with Paul Coffey and guys like that around, Peter Taglianetti, uh, who learned from Randy Carlisle, and you know that that was a fun room, man. Uh, and people enjoyed ribbing each other and, and getting ribbed. It was all part of the fun of, of being in that world. Anything else stand out, Stoggy, from interacting with the boys, the old boys, whether it was Mario, Ronnie Francis, Ulfie, Kevin Stevens, Scotty Bowman, Craig Patrick? What stood out from any of those interactions? Well, Craig Patrick was like a proud father, you know, and he, he cried, I think, for most of the ceremony. <laughs> uh, but he's, he was like a proud father standing up in the suite yesterday, kind of looking around at all his children, you know. That's that's what it felt like when I was looking at him and um, – and then just being around Alfie and Ronnie Francis, you know, I remember the first time I saw those two together in Pittsburgh. Uh, I went to Froggy's on a Friday night, and they had just been acquired uh, that week in the big trade. And uh, they were standing there, standing there having drinks, and I met them. That's how I met them, okay? And there I was last night sitting in the suite in the front row, and I looked to my right, and there's Alfie and Ronnie sitting next to one another. And they have been attached at the hip ever since they left Hartford and came to Pittsburgh together. And uh, that was cool to see them. And Ron Francis, uh, you know, he's a class act. And I got a chance to meet him and talk to him for a while. It's the first time I'd talked to him in a while. And 
his wife, Mary Lou, and, you know, there's just so many nice people, Troy and Afgaloni and, uh, you know, and Jamie, uh, Patrick, Craig's wife, just the, the people, the family, right? The Penguins are a, are a familial organization, and, and I don't think they should ever lose that. And I think it's good that the president of business operations is Kevin Ackland from Pittsburgh, PA, because I think that it's really important that the Penguins keep that thread going and that feeling of it being a big family and because there's a there's a, a definitely a line of greatness that just runs through the whole organization starting with mario continuing with yaramir now with sid and you know you don't want to lose that i guess in that vein uh you know mario almost feels like an estranged member of the family at the moment Stiggy, to be honest and it was great to see him what kind of spirits was he in and do you expect him to be around more often that's a good question. I didn't get a chance to talk to Mario yesterday because at that time that I was in that suite with Craig and, and some of the guys, uh, I, he wasn't there. So I, I didn't really get a chance to talk to him. So, um, I, you know, everybody hopes that Mario becomes more engaged. Uh, that's for all those guys to figure out. Um, but I think we all know that, that, that it's really, really important that that doesn't go away. So hopefully that'll that'll happen, you know. Um, time has a way of changing things. I mean, just look at the Yager thing. Look, look at how time changed right. that situation. So you just got to have to be patient. And change is hard, too. You know, a lot of times it's a little disruptive. And, you know, you don't like to see it. But at the same time, you hope that in the end, the best things will happen. And the, and the goodness will rise to the top, if you will. Yeah, I, I think it will take time. Uh, I certainly get that feeling, too. And uh, I think the onus is on uh, the ownership group to make that happen quite frankly. So I think it will come, you know, Mary is also a granddad now, you know, he's got a lot of things going on. <laughs> so that, that, that is interesting on it to itself. I mean, I think he really enjoys that role style. So he's spending a lot well, of time. I know with he does. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I, I think I, I'm looking forward to seeing him at, at his camp. You know, that's coming up here in a few weeks. So that'll be fun. That's always great. And uh, you know, the only interaction I had with Mario yesterday was I looked over at him during the ceremony, and he winked at me. <laughs> I saw that, I think, on TV. I swear yeah. I did, Steige. It's a classic wink, you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's like a wink and a nod from Mario is worth a million words. That's right. Right, Bob? Yeah, absolutely. Did you interact with Yager's mom at all? That that was the thing I saw on one of the Penguins shows that they do was her shopping up in the apparel store and she was just so, uh, I don't know what the word is, adorable. She was great. I mean, you can't help just, you know, looking at her. You want to hug her just like Yager did. Did you interact with her at all? A little bit. And I saw her again. She came out of a suite. She just happened to be walking out of one of the suites when I was in the hallway. And she gave me a big smile, and I hugged her. And, and, I, and I said, when are you leaving? And she, she had no idea what I was asking her. She said, <laughs> no English, you know, and. There was no one there to translate, so I, I just said, okay, this looks all good, and <clears throat> hugged her, and she went away. But, boy, that was touching, man, when she was crying. And that smile of hers, that's where Yager gets it. Oh. Uh, he looks a lot like her, so that's a that's a that's definitely a genetic thing, um, no doubt in my mind. And, you know, Mario had a vivacious mom, too. I don't know if, you know, he looked like his mother also, and uh, his mom was vivacious and he, she, and Mario's mom had a huge influence on him, too. And what a lot of people don't know about the big boy is that he is one of the funniest people you'll ever meet. He's hilarious, okay? So 
his humor is dry and quick. He's got a very quick wit, and oh. he kind of hides it a little bit behind that veneer of you know of elegance that he has. But it's it's real. He is really a funny guy, and trust me, he's a hockey player. Okay, because they're all they all have a special quality about them. I just so happy to be a part of that world, that hockey world. I, I love I love the NHL players. Uh, even to this day, they're all great people. As soon as I came off the ice yesterday, I took a step to my left and I heard a voice from behind. And and, and and I turned around and it was Sid. He said, good job, Saggy. Mm-hmm. I turned around and Sid, he said, good job. That's the kind of person he is. Nothing goes unnoticed by Sidney Crosby either. Yeah. Well, that's high praise, and you deserved it, too. You did a fantastic job. What was it like, Stoggy, to be out there? Yager said he had trouble focusing uh, in the days leading up to yesterday because he had to make that speech. Was it true for you, too, because you had to, you know, have the ceremony go well? Yeah, it was true. You know, uh, listen, it's like people could uh, well, usually forget all the things you do when you do them. Like, like for instance, I was telling people, yeah, I'm pretty nervous. You know, I've had a lot of anxiety about this for a while. They say, ah, you'll do great. You've done it a zillion times. But what people understand, that's what they tell air traffic controllers, you know, but all it takes is one, <laughs> one screw up. You know what I mean? And, Bobby, you can relate to that. I mean, you just don't want to mess it up. No. Right? So, so I, yeah, I had a lot of anxiety leading up to it, and it's also kind of the critic's curse. You know, I, I set a high standard for others and, and for myself. I'm really hard on myself. And that's kind of the curse of being a critic because, you know, the accolades come with a price, and that price is the anxiety you feel leading up to it. Steige, we appreciate you taking the time today, man. Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. And, again, tremendous job. Yes. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys. I don't think it could have gone any better. Well, I'll tell you, kudos to the Penguins organization for putting that thing together. And, again, those video geniuses, they're very important. Yeah, that's why it's important to save it all. You're right. Without it, it doesn't doesn't have the same – feel the presentation all of that and i also think that there's a lesson to learn as we've discussed here today by the other two pro teams in town for the penguins and yager making peace and doing the right thing and the fans and everything else uh in terms of terry bradshaw and barry bonds for yep. that matter thank you stoggy okay joe take care take care bob all right thanks Stoggy. stoggy's a good man Man, that must have been nerve-wracking, huh? I I think he's such a great storyteller, too. He can tell these stories because he's lived those stories. And I really really appreciate how big of an assignment that is. And to pull it off the way he did, anxiety is a good word. You would know better better than me. people over there, and you got to do this. People watching everyone. Right. You can't let that get in your head, but somehow it does creep in there once in a while, which creates those little butterflies. I would think it would have to. And yeah, it went, but that's off. Also it went good. off without a hitch. If you didn't have that, then you wouldn't you wouldn't do that. That means you don't care. Right, and you wouldn't do the same job. Right. Uh, fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Listen to this, Bob. Larry Richard once again hosting the Feed the Need Variety Show to raise funds for our Giant Eagle Feed the Need Radiothon, March 1st at Oaks Theater in Oakmont at 7.30 p.m. Performances from Kiki, Alista, and Bubba. And, and the Joe, fans, Joe Starkey. Starkey. I wonder. Now, what do you have up your sleeve for this? You're going to see. <laughs> You're going to see, Bob. Oh, my God. You this may take, your, you may take your shirt off because now you've lost weight, and I, I bet you there's a tightening of the core muscles, and you could may be. want to show those off. That could happen. 
Tickets available now at 937thefan.com with all the proceeds going to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Now I'm getting nervous about that. <laughs> Larry <laughs> asked me to do that, and I said, yes, they want me to sing. You know what I should do? I should bring Gwen to sing with me. She's a professional singer. It can be like Bob Dylan. Are you going to make up Bias. your own song though, like you often do? No, no. It won't be a funny song. Should I sing a funny song? Ink song. Are you going to be there? I'll sing to you. I can't be there that day. No. Yes, you can. No, I can't. I'll be. There. <laughs> I'll sing to you, Bob. That's what I'll do. Oh, by the way, did you hear that we've all decided here? Everybody who was in with me last week and all the producers that if there's an NBA team here, it's or a WNBA, they should be the Pittsburgh Pompeianis. <laughs> and you should be the play-by-play guy. Oh, I'd love to do that. You know, we did, uh, when the Arena League was here, Craig Wolfley and I did three years of play-by-play for them. Did you? Did yeah, you like Pittsburgh that? Pittsburgh power. Yeah, you it would was be fun. Great it was it, fun. You'd be great at the NBA. I would love I love the NBA. And Is I there love not enough of a corporate? I hate the All-Star game, but I love the NBA. What was the score last night? Ridiculous. 211 Um, Do you think there's not enough of a corporate base here to yes. have an NBA team? Yes, so it's I a, do. It's a pipe dream. I think it is. Would it be nice? I think people, again, you have to look at, I use Pitt as an example. Unless you're really, really good, and you better be really good, you're not going to really capture the imagination well, that's the penguins or and the, the sponsorship. That's the Penguins and the Pirates, too. It's the too. same thing, right. And if you add another to the mix, I think you'll just be tapping into the same people that you always tap into. There's not enough uh, of that corporate, uh, you know, widespread uh, ability to tap into. That's why you should own the team, fund the team, call play-by-play, yeah. play and be called the Pittsburgh Pompeianis. I would like that. Do you agree, Nelly? I'd go to the games. I think everybody would. Yeah, that's probably a pipe dream. It is. NBA would you game. like it? I know you'd like it. Of course. I think people would get, the one thing they do is sell off their personalities pretty good. I mean, they have, and you get a chance to watch people like Steph Curry come to town. Huh. I'd I like would, that. I would love it. Um, and I'd love a WNBA team, you know? That, I think that that's has. That's the alternative. I, yeah. I'd be, I was just talking to you. Uh, we were watching something up on that screen over there. It was an NC State women's game. How women's college sports, I'm talking really specifically about basketball, uh, volleyball, softball when they get to the World Series, have taken off like into mainstream where tons and tons of people are watching it. We talked last week, Bob, I think we've reached the point in college basketball, the first time ever where if you asked a casual sports fan to name the top two women's college players and men's college players, <laughs> they would name they would know the women first. Do you agree? I, I, I agree with that. Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark. Absolutely. They wouldn't know the guy. They wouldn't they wouldn't be able to name no. him. I mean, there are a lot of potential, but you wouldn't know him. And they don't stand out as much as Caitlin Clark after just breaking the record with a shot from the logo and then Angel Reese and what she's been able to do. And I will also say that uh, I think volleyball more than, you know, I expected basketball to take off just because the coverage of it. Yeah. But volleyball has become very Millions well watched. Watch yeah. Very well watched. And Pitt has a really good team year in and year out, and they draw big crowds over there too. So that's good to see. Record crowd at the Pete, if I'm not mistaken. All right, Bob, let's get By back. By the way, did you see Sabrina and Eskew take on Steph Curry? That was great. I mean, she, yeah. she almost beat him. She it was took on him fire early. to hit his last couple of shots to do it. It was great. Mm hmm. Um, let's get back to the, the the Jersey retirement story that we had going. Who's next here? And who's already been maybe snubbed in this town? Bradshaw and Bonds, we both agree with. Someone told me I was stupid for saying 
that bonds over McCutcheon. What? Uh, I love Andrew McCutcheon, and I think his jersey, I, I come around to your view, I, that they will retire it. I think they should, but not until Barry Bonds gets his retired. Let's talk about some Penguins, and let's talk about some college. Pitt retired I'm, jerseys. Why don't we? Will you, Bob? Yes, and you had a top five Pitt Panthers of the 21st century you wanted to get into. Yes. There's and, a debate to be had there. There are a lot of good candidates. And a sixth man. We'll do all that coming up on the Joe Show with Bob. Sorry, Bob, that had nothing to do with you. It was a good Yelp, though. Your wife yells at you, too, when you do that? Yeah, she doesn't like it. It's an uncomfortable situation. I don't have the um, the octave range that you have. I just, um, mine's more of a deeper Yelp. You want to try it? Fish, it has to be. Uh, that's <laughs> the hell was that? That's yours. That's see. That would annoy me to be honest. If yeah. I was if I was married to you and I heard that a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, she, I you never hear it in my household. She wants. How do you me squelch it? Uh, well, you have to. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like holding in a gas moment. You can't do it. it, it eventually, you got to let it out, Fishman. <laughs> Does your do you do you do that around your wife? And does she I, do it, it around just, you? The no, gas moments. It. The gas moments. I do, unfortunately, and I apologize when I do. Does she um, yell at you for that? No, just rolled eyes. I know when I'm doing it wrong, but again, I feel freedom when I do it and just yell out. Wait, is there a right way to do it? <laughs> I didn't know there was a right. Well, the right way, to do way that. is to move into another room and try to hold right. them back a little bit. But yeah. then that's not good for your system, I don't think. It's nice to be able to do all these things around your family, right? We should be able to do this stuff, right? <laughs> is it nice? Yes. Maybe not for you them, but yeah. It's a sign you that you're comfortable and that right. you, you have no inhibitions, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> Bob, you understand what I'm saying. Of course, Gino, Fleury, Latang, Barrasso, the list could go on. Just a little part of me wonders, and, and the circumstances surrounding Michelle Briere having his um, jersey retired are obviously different. But if you're just going to have the icons of icons, it would be Lemieux, Yager, Crosby. Would it not? If that's if that was the threshold, yeah, I guess. But again, why would you want to limit it to that? There's you're, some, you're making because, your own rules as a franchise because here. there's not, something cool about limiting it, limiting to that. All right, and I'm not saying widespread just bring everyone in, but there are certain people who, depending on how you view them, Malkin and Latang, both to me, should be up there. I know, and I, I a bigger part of me thinks that too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there's there's also that part of me that says, man, just just reserve it for you, for the, the, the icons, the literal icons. And there's three of those in Penguin's history. Yeah. Lemieux, Yager, and Sid. <clears throat> right? Yes. You know, banner raising is an interesting topic because I saw a storied franchise like the Lakers, which raise everything. If you look at their rafters out there at the um, – it's not the Staples Center. What is it called now? Yeah, of course. The they, also, they also put up this they mid-season put up the mid-season tournament. Out. I, think the, I think the NBA made them do that. Well, that's a mistake. That's not worth it. It, it You know, come on. You're not even dealing with a full set of teams there. So you, you can overdo it. So I understand that. And I'm not going to support that kind of stuff. But, I mean, when it comes to iconic players who, who've contributed to championships and who have 
you know, Hall of Fame potential, they should be up there. 412-928-9370. All right. I was communicating with uh, people at Pitt today. And here are the Pitt basketball players. You ready for this? Who have their jerseys retired. Are you ready for this, Bob? Mm -hmm. Billy Knight, Mm -hmm. 34. Brandon Knight, 20. Don Hennon, 10. And Charles Smith, 32. Anybody else? How about Dewan Blair? Does he reach that status for you? Now, Brandon. No. All right, go ahead. No, he's one. Dewan Blair is one of my best players since the year 2000. No question. I don't know. I mean, you only have things have changed now so that it would be hard for me. For example, a guy like um, Blake Hinson. Yeah. You know, it used to be you had to be here for a certain amount of years and you only had those years and that was it. Now you're. You know, coming and going, somebody's here for a year or two, and you and you try to factor that in in the course of a four-year career or a five-year career. I don't know how you can do the same thing with that. I guess I guess the threshold is legends, and all of those guys are legends. I think in some way, in some way, I guess. Does Charles Smith fit that description? Yeah, I think so. Jerome Lane could probably fit. That Jerome Lane could. He still has their all-time record for rebounds yeah. in a season. He was terrific. You talk about Blair, but Jerome Lane was. Uh, a machine when it came to class work. Yeah, right, right. And Brandon Knight, some people may say, well, he wasn't a phenomenal player. It's more about what he did for the program. I think that's there's some truth to that. But you also look at Brandon, and he's up there. He's the he's the all time leader in assists. He's the all time leader in steals. I mean, Pitt basketball has been around and has had some great tradition for, you know. A century, right, or more, Bob? Yeah. I, 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 when I see Brandon Knight, and I do put him ahead of the man I'm going to tell you about, but Carl Krauser was the same kind of player for me. He, he was an IQ guy. He was the heart and soul. LeVance Fields, also another one. Similar kind of, you know, floor general leadership. I don't know if the stats will, uh, you know, suggest that he and those guys deserve to be up there, but they both, to me, represented – what you need to have to be successful in college basketball, and that's great guard play. You have to have it. Would you have anybody else up there, and who's next for Pitt basketball? Is Sam Young to be considered? Sam Young has their two greatest in terms of total points seasons of all time and is their fourth leading scorer behind Charles Smith, Clyde Vaughn, Larry Harris, and Sam Young. I don't know, man. When I think of, I mean, I don't think of him as a great, great player. Great, great, but he, he was, was really he was, good. Yes, at what, he was. For me, the guy from that era, the guy from the 21st century, is Dewan Blair. Now he was only here for a couple of years. That's probably the issue. But I could see that one for what he did, what he represented. Just to throw who down he a, was. A he had <laughs> just who had a better game than him in this whole century. I'm talking the tw- since well, since 2000, then 23 points and 22 rebounds well, you at put, UConn. I understand that, and that's a that is a double 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 double. I mean, it's in double double digits. Jerome Lane was kind of a but legend. I, I would say that Hinson, that performance we saw the other night, is going to be remembered for quite some time. And what was it, the third highest point total in one single game? It was phenomenal. But we're talking about raising jerseys to the. I, I know I'm not putting him in that conversation. I'm just saying. Oh, it was great. 
Um, so would you put Blair in? Yes or no? Yes. Sam Young. Yes. Man, you are Jersey happy here. No, I'm also, I mean, fourth leading all-time Jerome scorer. Jerome Lane. <laughs> Clyde Vaughn. All right. I get the point. Sam when Clancy. Do you draw, did he even play basketball here? I can't Sam remember. Clancy, of course yes. he did. He was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. He was he was Dewan Blair before Dewan Blair was Dewan Blair. He didn't play football here. No, that came later. And boy, what an amazing story that was. Just watching. It's almost like Carlton Hasselrig, you know, who who turned his career completely around into a different sport, you know, basically. Sam Clancy has two of the greatest rebounding seasons of all time. See, you only have four years basically to deal with in college versus pros. Or two. When you, or or two. two. Or in pros. So you, I think you have to change your uh, the way you make that decision in a very limited amount of time versus, you know, professional careers, which can go 15 years or more. So do you think Brandon Knight was worthy? I, yeah, sure I do, do. I do. Given all the success that program had when he was here, sure, I do. I would put up Dewan Blair next. I don't feel like there's any glaring omissions, though, not like a Terry Bradshaw or a Barry Bonds. How about pit football? You could make a case for a lot of guys in pit football. I'm glad you asked, Bob. Uh, and by the way, John Parado says that Dick Shiner should be uh, in the Steelers Hall of Fame. Do you agree with that, Bob? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm drawing the lines <laughs> so many players. All right. Uh... Here's the <laughs> here's. Pit football. By the way, Bob has a showdown coming up at noon. Uh-oh. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, 1. Dan Marino, 13. Dorsett, 33. Marshall Goldberg, 42. Joe Schmidt, 65. Mark May, 73. Jimbo Covert, 75. Bill Fralick, 79. Mike Ditka, 89. Hugh Green, 99. What a phenomenal history of pit football. I've often said I think I could build an all-time pit team that could beat anybody, anybody yeah. else's all-time team. Anybody's. I don't think there's any debate there. Aaron Donald's a name you did not call out. Well, that's the one that I was communicating with somebody with over there. And I'll tell you uh, that they seem to be waiting for a time when Donald could, you know, I guess fully enjoy it during the football season. Now, I was also told that Dorsett, Hugh Green, and Bill Fralick had their jerseys retired at halftime of their last home game. How That's great unusual. Is that? That's a good. Well, again, enjoy Marino the moment. Marino was re- was retired in December before his last home game. Enjoy the moment. That's what I, they should have done with Aaron Donald. I say the sooner the better, and that 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 has to happen, right? Yeah. Anybody else spring to mind? Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I mean, I would. I got to think about that one. Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy, I would say yes to. I'm, Boy, I'm saying yes to a lot great. of people, but he was terrific. If you played at Pitt or for any of the sports teams, Bob will put your jersey up. No, I'm just saying people who are really elite at what Brian, they do during their time here. <laughs> Brian, who was that hitter for the Pirates? Who was the guy who batted 13 times? And Brian struck- Giles? No, Brian. No. Uh, I can't remember. He was a shortstop. Brian. A shortstop named Brian. Yeah, uh, he played for like 10 minutes. He had like 20 at-bats and struck out 10 times. Not Brian Bittner, Brian something. You would put a lead. Oh, Brian, I know who you're talking about now, yeah. not Bittner. Um, what was his uh, name? Um, Billy. Uh, no, Brian, not Bill. Uh, not Brian Billy. But it was B. Yeah, it was. It was a B. Brian. 
I can't remember. I can't remember. Ryan, Ryan Bixler. Bixler. Ryan Bixler. That's what it is. Bixler. You would retire his jersey, Bob. You'd retire Wilson Adam too. LaRoche, Craig Wilson. Craig all, Wilson. <laughs> all these guys. All right. Do you have a showdown ready? No, but we'll do one anyway. Well, wait. Pit football. Are we missing anybody? Uh, Darrell Rivas, is he in? Did you mention him? He's I don't know. No. Darrell Rivas. Yeah, he should be in. What about somebody like Mark May? He's already in. Did I mention him? I think he's in. I don't think I mentioned him. No. I thought he was in. I thought he Wait was offensive second. lineman like Colvert and um, I don't Bill think Freilich. I'm... Fitzgerald, Marino, Dorsett, Goldberg, Schmidt, May, Covert, Freilich. May, you just said May. Oh. Well, what the hell am I talking about? What about Russ Grimm then? How about Ricky Jackson? I don't know, Bob. I mean, you're going to put mean, everybody again, in. I'm not – I. Where do you draw the line? It is a very subjective question. Um, it's a nice problem to have. If you're an organization that doesn't I'll tell you where anyone. I draw the line is after – I draw the line after a Super Bowl quarterback who went 4-0 with Super Bowls and two MVPs in those games. Somewhere after him. And Ben should absolutely not get this honor until Bradshaw well, I think Bradshaw should be next. I agree. Thank you, Bob. You're welcome, Joe. Very kindly. It's going to be me against Nellie and Nellie against me in the showdown coming up next. Bob has all the questions ready. We have a lot of things to get to. Rick Pitino had an incredible rant yesterday. Oh, boy. hear about that. He's throwing players under the bus by name. And then backing them over. Yes, we're going to talk about that. For sure, we're going to talk about that. Uh, 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Fiat. Route 19, Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Sullivan Super Service Fan Hotline, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC uh, provider for over 50 years. So, yes, we have tons to talk about. I have a Twitter poll out there that has garnered amazing results here for Fields, Rudolph, or Pickett. Tell you about that coming up. Fan Weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing. For qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks, sunny throughout the day, high of 41. Bob? No, it's you. Joe? It says Bob at 11.51. He already did his. Oh, you snuck in on me, Bob. I did it because and the, now clock, the, whole the, schedule clock, the clock up. management was all messed up there. We were going to be called for uh, delay of the game. Uh, Next and time I didn't you want do that, that can you at least tell me? I did it right did it. when you were here. I don't listen to anything. I've got a show to run. <laughs> All right, I'll Joe? Do I'll do <laughs> Joe, Joe has a has a message for the people. Gina G and Petro, one of my favorite topics. You, many others have heard me bring up Gina Gina Petro's name. It would help if I could pronounce the last name, Bob. I've said it so many times. Gina G and Petro, my friend Gina. How well known she is helps Gina find her clients like Mary. Buyers for their home. Mary says Gina and her team are the best she's ever worked with. She just sold. I can't talk. I can't talk because I wasn't expecting to do this, Nelly. Bob intentionally sabotaged the show today. Here I think we, we can both agree on Here that. Here we go. Do you agree on that? You got to be like water. Adapt to anything that you're put in. Nelly's very wise, isn't he, Bob? He is, beyond his years. Mary says that Gina and her team are she's ever worked with. She just sold her home in the North Hills to move to another state. Gina's marketing plan brought so much attention to Mary's home. She got offers right away and says the GM Petro team made the whole process so easy 
and they managed everything seamlessly. Now she's recommending Gina and her team to everyone she knows. You can't lose. Gina sits down with you. You agree on a price and a deadline. If the deadline passes, the home isn't sold. Gina will have it bought and turned into a rental. Call the only agent I would trust if I needed to sell my home in Pittsburgh. Gina G. and Petro of Remax Select Realty. Call Gina, 724-602-9752. Google G. and Petro of Remax Select Realty and look up GinaWillSellYourHome.com. That's GinaWillSellYourHome.com. Charlie Borges with your fan headlines. The Pittman's basketball team in action tomorrow night at 8.30 is when the pregame is. Tip-off is at 9 o'clock. From Oregon on 937thefan.com, fan headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville, now open. It's that time once again, ladies and gentlemen. It is a Monday showdown here on The Joe Show. Joe, Charlie, you're going to go head-to-head, and I may throw in a few things as we go, but you guys will debate the following issues, and there we have a lot of issues. Are you ready? What will it take for you to start calling him Nelly? I'm not going to do it. His name is Charlie. You started calling Fulzy Fulzy. No, I called him Lounge Lizard. <laughs> That's a good point. You called him that. I'm trying to. I'll give you that one. I all mean, right, I'm ready. You, you know, first of all, you want to go to Mr. P on City Limits. City yeah. Limits is City Limits. Mr. P. All right. Yeah, I've, I'm starting to scale back yeah. on Mr. P. City Limits, you're right. All like, right, Bob, you I ready, like Nelly? Are you ready? Here we go with our number one topic on this showdown, and it will be about the Penguins and their power play. What do you do, Charlie? What do you do? They not yesterday was the exact microcosm of this entire season. Power play not only fails to score in critical times, which could have put that game away. Crosby did score. He's the only guy is scoring right now. Malkin's in a horrendous slump. Two goals in eighteen games. Um, they need more, and they're getting less from those guys. But the power play had chances to put that game away, could not score, and then at the end they gave up the game-winning goal, shorthanded of all things. What do they do? How do they change it? How does it move forward? In, in their defense, the Los Angeles Kings have the best penalty kill in the entire league. And I no think excuse. They're, they're second in shorthanded goals, which you're right, it is no excuse. But with their struggles, it's kind of you kind of could have seen that coming with their struggles on the power play playing the Los Angeles Kings. I think – Todd Reardon has to change something. He's the guy who coaches the Penguins' power play. I know when the Devils had Mark Recchi as their power play coach, they were terrible. They let him go. They brought in Andrew Brunette, and they had the number one power play for a while. And now they have Travis Green. It all happens with the coach and how But doesn't it, is. it take the players to buy into whatever the coaches say? I can't believe coaches would tell them to continue to go around the perimeter and not do things. Well – that Yarmy Yager suggested in the booth. Here's the problem. Malkin. Borky called it right during the game last night. The first power play was good. And it was it because seemed of like one it was a good shot was, from long no, range. No, no, no. No, no, no. They were all around the net. They were all around the net and they were shooting the puck. And then the one late in the second period, and Borky called it out right away, was Gino trying to thread the needle, is the term that he used with a pass. They go the other way. That power play loses momentum. And then ultimately your power play loses you the game. Not only is it not winning games, now it's been twice. And I forget the first time, wasn't it? When they got scored on, they were on a five on three against somebody. Five on three and surrendered 
and then it turned into a five yeah, on four I maybe mean, or something. Or, but, but it was a shorthanded goal right. at the end. Like, what are we doing here? That First of all, they should abide by the Hippocratic Oath, which doctors take. Is it the Hippocratic Oath, Bob? Do no harm. Okay? Then we'll operate from there. Don't lose games. Then take Yager's advice, which is actually the same adv- advice as every hockey person on earth, and just shoot the puck. And the problem is a net front presence. They don't have one. They don't have one who causes disruption, who, and, and playing up there is a combination of, of the brawn and toughness to do it, plus the skill to deflect pucks, to know when to move in and out. You don't it's, think it's like an Jeff art Carter form. has that ability? No, it, it's an Not art anymore. form. It's better, art- better than anyone on their roster. Maybe. I wouldn't mind using him there. With Gensel out, what are you going to do? Take Malkin off the power play. Yes. Okay? Take him off. Entirely? Yes. Well, put him on the second power play, but what's what's the point there? Have him and Gino, or have him and uh, Latang on the second power play. And just let's go here. And and what Yager said, they respect each other too much. Let Carlson run the thing and be Carlson. And I thought there was a little bit of that last night. What a beautiful pass to Sid. But let's just go. Let let let's let's loosen the reins a little bit. If you're Sully on a lot of your guys, and I know people say, well, that's going to wind up in disaster. I read, by the way, the quote and heard Carlson after the game talking about the third period, and I thought if I translated it to what he really wanted to say, it was let us keep playing the game in the third period. What he really he did sa- say that right. I he, thought the same thing. Yeah. He, he said trying to protect leads and not doing what they have to do. Carry the play to them is the best way to keep the puck out of your own zone. How about let the Penguins be themselves? It can't get any worse than this. They're painful to watch. I mean, at the very least in recent years, they score and they're fun. Well, they didn't score a lot last year, Bob. They were like 14th or 12th in scoring. They've lost their DNA. That's what they are. That's what they do. 2-1 is great. one nothing would have been great. That's not the Penguins. No, and you can't. a lot of people wanted to blame Jari late in the game. He made some really good saves to keep it one nothing for the, the longest guy. time. When you have opportunities to turn a one nothing game into a 2 nothing game on your power play, that's where the problem started and it, where it continues as turn they operate loose. the second worst power play in the NHL. Who would have thought we'd say that? It's embarrassing. As the, when you do the autopsy on their team, that's what's going to come out. Power play failure massive times. And last in the NHL in one-goal games. Last. Which leads to a very interesting situation. Kyle Dubas comes here as a new GM. He made some acquisitions. The biggest one was Carlson. Now the question is, what does he do with the trade deadline? If you go by what he did last year, Toronto, same kind of team, although they had more success, but they put the chips all in. They decided we're going to make, he made, I think, four or five trades. The biggest one was Ryan O'Reilly that he acquired, trying to take that team to another level. And in fact, fired it ended up costing him his job, I guess. Because he never never fixed the goaltending there. No. So he's here now. Um, what does he do at this trade deadline, knowing that Gensel's injured, knowing that his hands may be tied in terms of what he could get in return for a Jake Gensel trade? Or do you just say, we're bringing him back, we're going to sign him, we'll figure it out, and we're going to roll with the same characters we have next year, just trying to figure out if they can get in the playoffs and win one more time before this whole thing ages out? Did you steal my glasses, Bob? No, they're on your face. Oh, yeah. Um, here's the thing with Gensel, is that if he wants – $10, million a year. I'm not going there for a guy who's going to be 30. I'm not. And for a guy, by the way, who is unbelievably tough. I get it. 
but the body has taken a lot of punishment, including more this year. That's why he's not playing. Last I checked, right? He's just he, he got, takes he a, got beat up there by yeah. He takes Mikko a ton of, Nikola, and right? nobody came to his aid except Crosby. Exactly. So his body takes a ton of punishment. Now he's played seventy-eight and seventy-six games the last two years. How much longer is he going to be able to hold up as a really good goal scorer? So. You're asking me what he should do, trade Gensel if Gensel's contract demands are too high. Uh, I still think he's going to be around, uh, going to be back right around the trade deadline, so I still think that's a viable, you'll get a viable return for him and play for next year. What is a viable return? Um, You know, a, a top prospect See, would I, be a viable return. I don't even or, want, or I don't even guy, want number one guy. picks anymore because well, I looked at last I, year. Someone who's knocking on the door who's a really talented player. Or someone who's already in the league, like a regular hockey trade, if you can make that. Well, that's what I would prefer. Charlie, what about you? The reason why Dubas didn't work out in Toronto is because he kept doing the same thing over and over again. And I think he's kind of in the same situation here in Pittsburgh. If you extend Gensel, in three years, your core is a 39-year-old Sidney Crosby, a 40-year-old Evgeny Malkin, uh, a 36-year-old... Eric Carlson, 39-year-old Chris Tang, yep. and a 32, 33-year-old Jake Gensel. I think he's learned from Toronto, and I think Gensel should be dealt at the deadline and try to get youth into this, whatever you have here. Because I think the more important question is, what are the Pittsburgh Penguins right now and next next year and well, beyond? They have a they have a minor league system that's not producing much, and they need that to change. But you got to put, and it's not like the Pirates several years ago. They needed to filter more people into their system and just hope some of them develop quicker. But, you know, there's a lesson to be learned about all this. And I remember back in the uh, Jerome Ginla days when they made all those trades. And, man, it looked like, man, the Penguins are stacked. That doesn't guarantee much. We saw that with Toronto last year with all the trades. Who is it with the Rangers? They got Tarasenko at the trade deadline, right? And Patrick Kane. And, and Kane. And Kane. Kane. Yeah. But and I, everybody I... thought the Rangers, because of that, there, and, and even Boston, they picked up Orlov and somebody. Who's the guy from uh, Detroit? The, uh, the winger. Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi. They got eliminated in the first round. Putting all your chips in the middle doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. It, of course it not. It might only, help. It only, may backfire. Only one team does, but if I believe my team has a real chance, I'm going for it. I love the Aginla all-in philosophy. But then they botch kind of how yeah, he played did. and where he played. But, and... but you only do that if your team actually has a chance, like mm-hmm. a real chance. And I don't think I don't think anybody in hockey thinks the Penguins do. Do you? No, that was my next question. They're seven points out of a wild card, still ten points behind the Flyers for third place. You can think the Flyers are going to falter all you want, but to make up ten points with 29 games left and jump over five teams in terms of all the – Well, know, to people... get a wild card, what is it, seven? Seven. Yeah. Seven, but there are four teams before them to get to seven. Right. You think all those four teams are just going to pe- just part ways and say, okay, Penguins get no, hot. No, I still can't believe. Because they have the Islanders and the Flyers this week. Right. And I still Canadians. can't believe the Devils don't have a goalie. I can't believe that Tom Fitzgerald is just letting this thing play. They have to get a goalie, and if they do, then they're going to be in. If you got an offer for Tristan Jari, would you take it? Hmm. That's an interesting idea, If you Bob. believe that Nadalkovich could be – he's still young enough. He could be your – I'm just I'm bringing it up only because he's under contract. Teams need somebody like that, and if you I'd don't think about have it, something, yeah. how much can you get in return? I'd think about it. That would be very interesting. I hadn't thought about that until you just said it. 
But your question was, are they going to make it? No, they have games in hand, but they only help you if you win. Like if you're seven points back. And well, like have, yesterday was a perfect example. Right. That team had just lost to Buffalo 7 and nothing last week, the Kings. Then they well, they had just beaten one. Boston. I understand that, but they lost They're seven. They're a good team. They are. But, but when the other guys have played against Boston the day before, you got to win that game. I'm sorry. You have to win that game under any circumstances. How many leads are they going to blow? No, because they're not going to make up their games in hand. They're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think, at this point. Do you, Nelly? I do not either. And I think now's the time you start trying to decide what are you going to do with your pending UFAs like Gensel. Nedeljkovic is a is a free agent after this season. But he's only like 27. He's and he was 27. once with Carolina, I thought, going to be their backstop for a lot of years. And then he fell apart. I know so he fell apart, but right any now, goaltender can fall apart. With <laughs> the goaltending market the way it is, I think you can get something for Nedeljkovic. Yeah, what about trading or maybe him? him? Maybe him. What my point is, you got to think outside the box here because you're not going to be able to move any of these guys you have up front. There's not much you can get for them. Uh, the ones who don't have no trade clauses. All right, let's uh, let's move which on. Is not many people. You put out a way. poll, which I thought was interesting. Which Steeler quarterback or quarterback? We would can't you do want that to... yet. Bob, Why? Because that's a topic later in the show. Okay, I retract <laughs> that. Thank you very much, Counselor, and I will. <laughs> I object to your objection even though I don't object to it. All right, let's move on to Henry Davis then, because oh, that is a topic. Boy. And Henry Davis and is a guy. number one overall draft pick who may not have a position to play here in Pittsburgh. There, there are thoughts that he could end up in AAA. And, and listen, if, if it would help him, but the, my question would be then, why did it take so long for them to realize that he's not he, an everyday catcher? They drafted him to be that. When Rodriguez got injured, they said he would do it, but yet last year he got two innings all year to be a catcher. Exactly. What are they doing? They want to make this guy into a catcher at age 24. He turns 25 this season. 25! It's too late to send him down to AAA to learn the catching trade. You drafted him number one overall. What are you doing? Can he hit? That's the only thing I care about. If If he hits... He can leave his glove in the car. Right. You can just be a DH or play in the outfield or wherever you want to put him once in a while. He's got to be a big-time hitter. You drafted him number one overall. At this point, I don't care about the catching. Have somebody else come in. They already do. Grandal, have him be your catcher. The human rain delay. I don't give a crap. Andy Rodriguez is going to be your future catcher anyway. Just hit. And if he doesn't hit, wow, is this going to look like a bust in an awful hurry. And if he does hit, in spring training, and they still send him down? You're going to have to stop the mobs from getting to PNC Park, Bob. Well, I agree. Charlie, I, I don't know that he – but I, I just think it's a failure in uh, last year, for example. They, they had an opportunity to do more with him then. If they were going to – if you know, alternate. Give him a chance to play. See what he can do if you're going to do that. It didn't feels, he spend, it feels didn't too he spend, late. Like, I, okay, but – Unless it also he, uh, feels too late for him to become a regular outfielder. Are uh, you sure he can handle it? Is he good out there? No. You know, is he well, gonna... why didn't he spend this whole offseason learning right field? Just do something. Make a decision. Because the other thing about catching, it's an unbelievable physical toll, mental toll with all the prep work. This is a disaster, Bob. Yeah, and if he can't, if, well, if he hit, it won't be a disaster. If he hits, he'll find a way. The DH has made that possible. Right. Today. And you would DH him over Andrew McCutcheon most nights if that's the case. Or you play him once in a while in the outfield to get him in with McCutcheon as your DH. Nelly? Charlie? I mean, I agree. I'm looking at the 
the other guys who have been drafted or who were drafted after him in 2021. And there are some names that are supposed to be making an impact either this year or next year. And the guy right after him was a pitcher, Jack Leiter. I mean, to have somebody, it's like if you drafted a quarterback and then after a couple months said, you know what, I would think you'd be better as a, as a, as a tight end. It it just doesn't make sense. If you one one is not something that you can mess up. They still need a pitcher, uh, regardless of what they brought in. They still need somebody else. Who should that somebody else be, Joe Starkey? Because there are names out there still available in free agency. People always laugh at this when I suggest the Pirates still could afford to bring in Blake Snell if they wanted to. I don't know why people laugh at that. I mean, they're, because they're, they're payroll, conditioned. They're, they're conditioned to laugh at. Yeah, it. you're right about that. Their payroll would still be incredibly low. Yeah, and even if it's a shorter term, if he wants, if he can't get the job he wants, now I see the Yankees maybe sniffing around. Uh, and I, I don't be know that he would want to come here, but that's not the question, right? The question is, if he can't get an offer that he likes, and you can move in and give him something that represents twenty to twenty-five million a year for one or two years, what's the harm? Or three or four? Um, there is none. If it's if Edward Cabrera goes to the Brewers. And if and I were and if a I were a pirate fan, I would be unbelievably livid if that happens, as some are speculating. That means they would have gotten the the best starting pitcher in this offseason compared to the Pirates, the best for, the better first baseman Hoskins compared to Rowdy, and what's the and the better catcher? Yeah, they got Sanchez. These guys are going to go with Ali Sanchez, not the right <laughs> one. The human rain delay, Grandal. And Hank Davis, Hammer and Hank. And it's interesting. I don't think Hank Davis is still listed as a catcher on their roster, on their official roster. Shelty's on the record as saying Grandal will catch. Then we're going to have a competition. They're going to have a competition between the number one overall pick, Ali Sanchez, and the human rain delay. That's that's the the state we're in here. I suppose. Now, All right, Nelly. Squeeze into you never let oh, Nelly no, answer that, Bob. Uh, I'm looking at the remaining free agent list right now. How about um, Cody Bellinger? Why not even consider him? Yeah, but you said pitcher. I know pitcher, but I'm just saying I'm I'm in the the spend money mode right now, and there there are bargains to be had. I think. Speaking of the Brewers, did just bring back Brandon Woodruff, um, even though he's hurt, but that's still another arm for mm -hmm. them for the future. What do you think about uh, Snell? It would I would prefer him, very much so. But we're expect we want Blake Snell. We're probably getting we're probably going to get Hinjin Ryu. Somebody who's 35, 38 in You that want range. Blake Snell, you're going to get Ian Snell at 39 years old. <laughs> All right, Bob. Wait, I'm not done. Oh. Rick Patino, you brought this up. Do you want me to save it? You have to save that, too. You okay. should have checked with me All before right. your show. There was a, there was a uh, topic here that I made you aware of about the NBA. Will we see a 100-point score ever? Will Chamberlain the last to do it? Absolutely. You think absolutely? Yes. We, we had an 80-point. I get it. We've yeah. had 70 points. I get it. Do you yeah. know how much it takes for someone to get 100 points? For how many shots yeah, you have but to the, take? But the point is, pun intended, that NBA scoring has gone bonkers. The Warriors had a game the other night where they led 84-71 to 71 at the half. I understand. So if a guy can get to 80 in this environment, then any Luka Doncic is a candidate. Steph Curry would still be a candidate. Embiid is surely a candidate. Jokic, if he wanted to, if Jokic wanted to on a given night against a crap team, he could score 100. 
By yes. the way, uh, you think so, Charlie? Yes or no? Have you guys point. either ever heard of a guy named Cam Thomas? Yeah. Yes. From the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. He averages about 20 shots a game. So most people don't know who he is. And if he's averaging 20 shots a game, I think we're going to get it. Get okay. there at there are some teams point. Are, team, it's the highest scoring in the NBA in 50 years. And, and yet – only 180 game, 180 point. You you think to, in order but to a get a bunch tw- of 50, 60, right, a couple you, of 70s. You still got to get 40 more points on top of that if you I have know. 50. Well, only 20 if you have 80. But that took how many shots to get 80? And you got to be proficient at all those shots. I just think it's very unusual to get that many shots and to make that many in a game. I just, I still well, find that more to than be unusual. Very... It's almost unheard of. But you asked me, could it happen? Will it happen? I think somebody in the NBA in the near future is going to equal Wilt. I do. All right. I, if I had to pick one guy, it would be Doncic. Isn't he the guy who had the 70-pointer? Yeah, but he doesn't shoot that much. He, he passes the ball. He's one of the best passing big men. He prefers passing it, so he won't do it. He'll pass up his own opportunity. That's what I'm saying. It's going to take somebody like Dame Lillard to do it. It's going to take someone like Curry, even though I don't know. The, you, know you have to shoot the ball 50 times, and you're going to have to make 30 of them. That's just yeah. an awful yeah. in lot the, of in shooting. In the game where he had 73 points – Donchick was 25 of 33 from the field, right. 8 of 13 from three-point range, and 15 of 16 free throws. And he still was 20 points shy. Yeah. And he also, just, came, he also came out of the game. No, he didn't. With 258 remaining, he made a three-point play. You're asking me, is it possible? Yes, Bob, it's possible. I, in fact, I, you're, what did you ask me? Will it happen? Will it happen? Yes, it will. Okay, I disagree. All it takes Nelly? is one good night. I think it will happen one okay. day. Okay, one Nelly other thing. Cam Thomas One other thing, and, and I've like, been on this team, and I like this. I watch this team, and I, I wish teams would do more of this. Yes. Who's your best team in the NBA? And I'll tell you mine after you think about it, because mine won't be what yours is. The best team I've seen this year is the Celtics. Wrong. Charlie? Minnesota. Wrong. Oklahoma City, baby. They're not only going to win the West, they're going to win the NBA championship. Everyone wants to talk about Victor Wembanyama. Check out Chet Holmgren, what he's been able to do. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander is is an MVP MVP. candidate. But also, they've used all the number one picks they've acquired, and they made a ton of trades, and they've put them into use, and they've developed into a really, really good team, one that I think is capable of adjusting any style of play you want. Golden State's going to upset them in the first round. No, they're not. Golden State's too old. That's today's showdown. I'm being cut off right at the pass. It's a t- 12.33. It was a great showdown, except for you trying to steal two topics. Well, I didn't know if you were ever going to get to them. I will. You may not have time. <laughs> what were they? <laughs> oh, it was Patino. Patino, number one, but we wanted to go through lists. Oh, you lists. yes. That's what I want to do. Let, let's listen to Patino next. Why don't we do that? That's going to be pretty good. He absolutely shredded. His own By team. name. You don't yeah. see that often. Let's talk about that coming up next here. Um, fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them online at southhillskia.net. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Steiner and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman brings us the time, which is 1233. It's time to call them. Why pay 40% when you can pay 25%? Call 888-98-TWINS. And finally, you can listen to Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the baseball card cast. Did you just card cast. To yourself in the third person? It's on here. You just said no, I'm reading the teleprompter. Third 
I'm, oh, I can't believe he always did. I because it's get it back on the mic and I'll explain this before you in, excoriate me here. And that's the second time I've used that word. Show. Turn the mic on. Tom. It's on. Look, what does it say here? I know what it says. You adjust. Yeah, I just You're read it. about yourself. I every time I've ever read that I was cooking Joe. So I, I'm reading as uh, as I go along here, and it just said Joe. Bob, the copy's good. I'm reading what the copy was. Now, clearly, I could sh- should have and hey, listen to me. Converted hey, it I'll to me. The, no, listen to Joe because this is the Joe Show. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Joe. Very kind. Um, where was I? Where am I? I think I think we're good. Listen to me every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's card of the week from the baseball card castle and cranberry contest run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 937thefan.com contesting page. Nelly. Well, we got on Pat Narduzzi when he kind of sort of threw his team under the bus. He felt compelled to issue an apology. But that was a compliment. That was that was like a tribute speech compared to what Rick Pitino did. I don't know that I've ever, ever heard anything like this from a college coach individualizing players. I'm not sure that we're going to get that portion of the clip here, Bob, but we'll get enough of it to get an idea of the level of vitriol here that Rick Pitino showed for his own team. I mean, this was phenomenal. You ready to hear this? Yes, I ready. I heard it yesterday, and I was stunned that he would do it. I've never heard it from a college coach, so let's get a little taste of it here. This is St. John's, of course, he coaches. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics, when we lost... I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. Just thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. I'm not even thinking of the future at all. I'm just thinking of the next game and the next game and the next game, and that's it. Fin- uh, just try to get as many wins as you possibly can and represent St. John's in the best fashion you can. Do you know how bad Georgetown is? They're bad. They Are won't they? beat them. What about this idea of calling out players? And that was just part of it. I mean, he, he called out guys individually as – well, you heard that part, slow laterally, basically playing this guy's slow, this guy's slow. Uh, he just ripped, shredded his team. What did you make of it, Bob? Well, to do it by name, it, it, let's, let's put it this way. Number one, his entire team is transfer portals, which he brought in. He brought these guys in. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to wake them up and play because they're better than what they've shown recently. But that's a dangerous slope, I think, to, to go down. When you start calling guys out, you may not get the kind of response. And if you don't, maybe they don't, they're not, they don't belong there. They'll leave after one year. He could retool it. But He uh, said we are so non-athletic that we cannot guard anyone without fouling. And he said of Brady Dunlap, no relation to Colin, 6'7", 190. He said the freshman forward needs to strengthen up in the gym after calling him physically weak. Mm-hmm. This is a college coach. He's not uh, 
you know, shying away from the truth. That that is the truth. If you watch their team play, he is and he needs that. But normally, those are things you hear behind closed doors. You don't see guys come out and do it uh, because it could have a backward effect on you. You may think it's inspiring them or or getting them angry so that they work harder or do more things, but it could go the other way also. Well, here's the other thing: that does it change for you the fact that there's nil, the fact that there's the transfer, basically free agency. To me, college sports is more pro sports than ever. But I still can't, like, I've always been careful about ripping college players compared to pro players either on the radio or in print. Doesn't mean I won't criticize them, but definitely not to the level I would a pro player. But, I mean, we are getting to the point, like, I remember saying and writing last year, everybody was up in arms over Dion cutting players. It's pro sports, you want free agency? You got it. You want to get paid? You got that. Guess what? You can get cut in pro sports. This is pro sports. You can also get ripped to shreds by your coach. Although even in the pros, do you ever hear a pro coach calling out a players no. by name like that? I Multiple? think most of them are very careful. Like Mike Sullen, for example. I'm sure he's frustrated at times with a lot of things that go on, but he doesn't tell you specifically what they are. He'll speak in general term con. And I think that's probably the right way to handle things. Um, but you're right. I mean, these guys are making money now and they can leave if they want because they don't like what you're saying. And if they don't like what you're saying, then good, leave. Half of them left somewhere to get there. Same with everywhere. And no. it was it was Narduzzi who said, uh, you know what, we need better players, something like that this year. That seems very, very uh, Mild. Luke, lukewarm <laughs> compared to this. Yeah. I've never heard it. And I guess in the end, He's deep into I don't give a blank anymore at 71 years I old. I think that plays a part in it too. It's like when you're that when you've been around the block as much as he has his age, he probably says, "You know what? I'll say what I want to say." And if you don't like it, leave. Well, I would say to him if he doesn't like it, leave. You know, if he's that if he if, if this wasn't a complete act and he's that miserable and even his uh, failed stint in Boston was more enjoyable than this and he hates it so much, then get out of the game. Right? Yeah, exactly. To your point, but he, but I think he's doing it for not for that. I think he's doing it because he wants to light a fire, and this is his way of doing it. I don't think it's a good way to light a fire. But to your point, Joe, about how it's free, it's pretty much free agency, and how yeah. you can get cut. Isn't Patino the one who brought in these guys that he's now destroying? Yeah, although he said, if you listen to the whole clip, he said, "I pretty much had no time but to bring in this team. We we didn't have enough time to build it. I knew we weren't going to be any good." Basically intimating that I just had to take the first guy that was available every time, and we're going to redo this thing next year. That's kind of what he said mm -hmm. when I have more time. It's kind of what Dion said when he came in there. In other words, leave, I'm bringing my Louis Vuitton luggage in, and you're not part of it. Right. It's, I, 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 you know, I didn't like that tone, and I, didn't, I don't like this tone either. I don't think those players should be thrown into that situation. After all, he's the guy who recruited him to come there. So he should have – if you're going to criticize them for being unathletic and not – then right. you criticize yourself and because you saw Narduzzi something criticism. in them. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm just – when you're a coach like that, you're you're sort of in the battle with these kids. You know what I mean? And I don't know that publicly shredding them by name is the right thing to do here. I, I, I don't think it is. I have never thought that. And regardless of the changes in college sports, I still don't. That's yeah. my bottom line take here. Mm -hmm. yeah, Nelly? I, I don't I just don't like Patino. Yeah, no, that's the other in, thing. Yeah. yeah. That's 
that's on me. He's become an unlikable character he over is. the years, right? He says it's uh, unenjoyable. I'm sure it's unenjoyable for those who are watching him, too. He came off the wrong way when he came to Iona when I was there. Did he? Yeah. What do you mean? Did he coach? He coached there for a couple he of did. years, right? When uh, one of my good friends, he was the assistant. He was like the the graduate assistant. Ah, and now we can get some dirt from Nelly, can't we, Bob? What did he say about Patino on a day to day basis? Well, that's the thing. When Patino came in, he was the graduate assistant for the previous coach. And when Patino came in, he said that he would set up the interview, and we'll see what we can do about keeping you. And from what I was told, the interview was five minutes of Patino telling him all of the trophies he's won and that we'll get back to you. And then, like, the next day, he was told that he was no longer needed and then he had to drop out of the program. Yeah, I don't blame him for that. Do you, Bob? No. I, I would do the same thing. <laughs> I don't think Nelly <laughs> likes our answer there. No, it's fine, but to no, say— No, I hear you. I hear you. What? We'll set up the interview and, and then just not yell- to even get to know— I'm not even going to say his name, but he was—he uh, is a great guy. Yeah, and the, all the players loved him. But to say that, yeah, we're going to set up an interview, and then five minutes of me telling you all of my accolades, and not even—no, I hear you. I, I am not—I am not a Patino fan either. One of my favorite stories I did—I told Ron this story a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact. Patino sat behind the pit bench during the Big East tournament, mm-hmm. clearly in an effort to intimidate them. Like, can you imagine Calhoun sitting behind the Syracuse bench two rows? Mm -hmm. He did that. Nobody thought anybody would ask about it. And guess who asked about it, Bob? The savvy old news. The savvy old news, huh? Because you're always looking to be that guy. (laughs) I had to ask Patino about it. He was dumbfounded. And then I asked Jamie. I I actually remember that. Yeah? I do remember that. And I remember all the... Back and forth of that. Yes, and I asked Jamie about it. Because you get Patino it. going, man. He, right. he loses it quickly. He thought I was nuts, but Jamie knew I was right in the truth because Jamie laughed about it and he said, oh, we're good friends. And I said, oh, okay, so you're good friends to the point where an opposing coach sits behind your two rows behind your bench during a game when he knows he's playing you the next night? I don't know about that one, but it was fun. That was the Big East tournament. Everybody hated each other, Bob. Oh, Same boy, as in they radio. Did. They did. They hated each other. It was that's what made it really juicy to cover. I love it. I used it. to love it. Back in the old Fitzgerald Fieldhouse days when some of those teams came in. Do you remember the John Thompson w- took his guys off the court game? Of course I do. That yes. was like but but it was actually a good moment for Pitt and that they were finally to the point where they had enough and they weren't going to take all the physical abuse that that team was dishing out. So they responded. Bob, we have treats galore next. I put out a Twitter poll on Fields, Rudolph, or Pickett. Over 1,000 people have weighed in, and I think the results are extremely telling and may negate some narratives out there. I also have, as you'll see here, a fifth, not a fifth grade, a my five-year-old report card from the Anglo-American school in Stockholm. Did you know I lived in Sweden for a year? No, I didn't know that. Yes, I did. Oh, my goodness. And it, the Do thing you remember is in, much about it? Yeah. Well, I remember I quit. I dropped out. I was the first five-year-old <laughs> dropout. I got into an incident. Um, this is the school year 70-71, Bob. Wow. Look at that. And it's in pristine shape. My really wife is. and I cleaned out the house this weekend, and I turned up this thing. And I want you to read in your best Bob Pompiani voice uh, some of the 
some of the, the comments of the teacher, yeah, the observations okay. of the teachers of little Joe Starkey. And look, it's written practically in calligraphy here. Look at the writing. Yeah, that's when everybody took it seriously. Now right. nobody does any of this. No, you barely even have report cards anymore. The 7th of June, 1971, a five-year-old budding news hounds report card. We'll let Bob Pompiani read a couple of entries next. I'd like next, to do it. And we'll talk about Pickett, Fields, and Rudolph and this very telling Twitter poll. At least I thought it was. We'll see if you agree, Bob. Uh, the 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills, Sullivan Super Service Fan Hotline, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for 50 years. So, yes, all of that coming up. And I'll give you a choice, Bob. I mentioned last night to you when we did the showdown, which did wonderful last night, didn't it? Yes, really good ratings. And I attribute Not it all to you of, because yeah. you've lost weight. Right. It wasn't because of Malsey, your... and it wasn't because of Cabali. <laughs> it was because of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I told you we were going to make some lists today, maybe draft some teams. So I'll give you a choice because time is running out. Would you rather pick the 10 greatest Penguins of all time or your all 21st century Pitt basketball team? It's entirely up to you. Um, I mean, tough choices all the way through. So why don't we go to Pitt? Let's we do haven't Pitt. done it. We've done Penguins yeah, before, I think. We'll do so. Pitt. We'll draft our own teams uh, in the 1 o'clock hour. Okay. All right. Sun Chevrolet, fan weather. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Sunny throughout the day. Very appropriate with Sun Chevy and a high of 41. Bob Pompiani, kind enough to join me for the entire day today. Well, as he does every Monday. This is our first Monday. Is it our second Monday without Second, Ron? yep. Time flies, doesn't Time it? Time just flies. Someday it'll be two years. 109 in the afternoon. Where is Ron years. Cook? Where in the world is Ron Cook right now, do you think? I got a message from him the other day. I said, how was your first week, big boy, in retirement? And he said there was a delayed response, which indicated to me he might be having a lot of fun. And then he said something along the lines of, it was tough the first week without you, but it's 80 degrees here and I have a beer in my hand. I think I can get used to it. Does that yeah, sound there, about right? Yeah, but there's got to be some sort of, uh, you know, letdown. Sure, you don't have the stress of dealing with everything you did, but it's a big change. No, I know. Right. Even when I go on vacation, it takes me like a week to just de-stress, to, right. to calm down, to not be in, you know, no matter what job we have, I think you're constantly in job mode, which no means pressure. you're in this line of work anyway. Constantly thinking about ideas. What's right. next? What do I have to watch? What do I have to read? What do I have to write? What do I have to do? Who do I have to talk to? And then suddenly it's cut off. I find myself irritable for a day or two. And then it's like, and then and then for my mind just to relax takes a while. It does. Now imagine doing that for 40 years. And Ron didn't take a lot of vacations. No. He would leave vacation days on the table. Yeah, I understand that. I've done that. It's not a good thing to do sometimes. Better to take them <laughs> because, as he always says, QTL, quality time left. That's what drove him to this decision. So, But he has sun, he has books, and he has beer. That's uh, a simple he, existence. He's, yeah, he's, he's going to You don't think he's, he's going to crave for something more after a while? He probably did. No, less after a while. <laughs> there, there's Get rid of the... <laughs> yeah. What? The sun? No, he loves the sun. No, I mean less of this. Oh. You mean, yeah. 
I thought you meant like he would crave work and things I like that. I think he will crave work. Probably for a while. For a little bit. But I think he's going to get over it fast. Bob, I was reading uh, Steelers Depot today. Alex Kazora, I like his stuff a lot. Does a phenomenal job. Yes, he does. But I wondered about this. I, I don't. I don't I didn't agree with him and then I tried to do a little a little bit of scientific work on my own. Headline, the media is far more interested in bringing Justin Fields to the Steelers than Pittsburgh actually is. I wondered about that. Then the Steelers actually are maybe, you know, who knows? I don't know what the Steelers thinking is. But this the headline at least implies that this is a media creation, this interest. Boy, this would be great to have Justin Fields here. I kind of think a lot of people around here feel that way. Now, obviously, a lot don't. I get that. But I put out a little Twitter poll, a two-hour Twitter poll. I got 1,088 votes. That's a fair amount of people. Who would you prefer a Steelers quarterback next season? Pickett, Rudolph, Fields. Who do you think won? It had to be Fields just because he's something different. And How much of the vote do you think he got between three people? How many votes you say? A uh, thousand. thousand. What percent? Forty-five percent. He got fifty-two point nine. So essentially fifty-three oh. percent. Pickett got twenty-six point seven. Rudolph got twenty point four. I don't know how they do political polls, but I imagine if you poll a thousand people, you're getting kind of an idea, yeah. at least, of what a fan base might be thinking. Maybe it's skewed. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to go through and, and see exactly who Well, you'd voted. have to get a whole wide range of demographics involved here, too. But I have know? a feeling if if I rounded up 10,000 Steeler fans, I'm thinking a pretty large percentage, if I pose that same question, would want Justin Fields. And I think they would because everybody can see that the ceiling is higher. That doesn't mean he's going to be a better player. Maybe Pickett thrives with an actual coordinator. Maybe Mason Rudolph would pick up where he left off last season. But clearly, of the three, the most potential, the most natural talent is Justin Fields. That's not arguable, and I think people get excited by that. Am I right? Yeah, you are right. Uh, And they see what they see, but what they don't see is 38 fumbles. What they don't see are mistakes that he made. One of the reasons why maybe Chicago was looking for a new quarterback. Although, I, I, if I were them, I told you this last week, I think, I would double down on keeping him and then loading up with trading that number one pick, getting more assets – and then trying to build around him. I think he's too much of a talent to just let go. And the uncertainty of bringing in a quarterback like Caleb Williams, if that's going to be their pick, I don't know if he's going to have the same sort of ceiling that Justin Fields has. I don't know what he's going to be like as a pro because I went backwards on him this year. I did not think. But as far as the Steelers are concerned, the reason I don't think this will happen, Joe, is because it would represent going against everything they believe in. I don't think it's going to happen either. But that's not the question. That's not the question. No, yeah. People love new toys. They want to see something new. But what they haven't seen is Kenny Pickett with a new coordinator, as you said. Maybe that is going to be the thing that unlocks him. Maybe that's the thing that drives Mason Rudolph to come back here. Um, There are a lot of people out there who think there are free agents they could bring in to help them. But, again, it would go against their belief that there is something that we liked about Kenny Pickett and still do. And if you bring in Justin Fields, you can't bench him as a backup, can you? And if no, you do if Justin that, Fields comes in, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the starter because, number one, you have to make a decision on him moving forward. How much are you going to pick up the next year option? Because then you're stuck with two guys you need to find right. out about. They're, they want to find out about Pickett, and that's exactly what they're going to do. He's going to be under center for the first game. Right. 
Jerry Dulac says there, and, and I quote from the Post-Gazette, there appears to be some internal division that maybe Mason Rudolph should be the starter. Talking about inside Steelers offices. What do you make of that? Well, I think, I there think there's a lot division of guys. in the locker room, too. Yeah, there could be. And, you know, based on the success Rudolph had with going the ball down the field and how he was willing to allow plays to develop before bailing on them. So certainly there are going to be players who say, my career stands to be better if a quarterback gets me the ball where I need to get it. And Rudolph did that in his short time in there. So, you know, but I don't even know. I mean, I think first things first, they're going to have to get an answer from Mason Rudolph. And when that answer is given, then they can figure out what's next. Well, Kabali was on the showdown, your showdown last night, Bob, with myself and Mulsey. And he seemed to indicate that with, with Rudolph that, that they really want him back, kind of what they were indicating, to which I say, then why aren't they aggressively pursuing him with an offer he can't refuse? Maybe they will. When? They still have time. There's, I mean, they're trying to and, – and for all we know, they've talked. We don't know this but maybe they already have. And they're I, just setting the parameters about what a deal should look like if he should return. I guess. But, man, it's sure it, the vibe I get from over there is he's going to go out and test the free agent market, and then we'll see. And I'm not positive that they want to bring him back here and and have an internal divide. Like that, any quarterback you bring in who could threaten Pickett would be a quarterback controversy. But this one would be different because there's already seemingly sentiment for Rudolph in the locker room and, according to Dulac, in the front office. Well, so it's, it's like it's like you're you're lighting a match. Not that I wouldn't do it necessarily. Every now and then what's wrong with lighting a match? I agree, but because I don't think they like that. Out I don't think they do that. Player, if you light a match, because then they're going to have to deal with all this stuff. How are they going to stage a reasonable that. quarterback competition? It's not going to be. Do you agree that if Rudolph comes back, it's Pickett as the starter with Rudolph as the backup? And, and yes, but it shouldn't be that way based on how it ended. <laughs> I, you know, that's again, the problem. They had Pickett healthy and ready to go later in the year, and they chose not to go to him. That says something about both Rudolph and Pickett, I think. Peter King in his column today said that. Uh, well, this was this was first the Dulac quote from his story. The Steelers, quote, are not interested in bringing in a quarterback who wants to be a starter. That's a hell of a statement, by the way. Peter King writes, come again? In a division with Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson, the Steelers would actually choose to enter camp with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph if he signs? That sounds like a colossal misjudgment of your quarterback position. That's Peter King's take. Sometimes you have to realize that maybe the pick you made is not the right pick and you have to uh, move on from it. Uh, not unlike what the 49ers did with uh, Trey Lance. I had to be painful for them. But they finally came to a conclusion that he's not as good as the guy we drafted in the seventh round. And they made him available. And then he eventually got traded. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still I, – I, I see stuff in Pickett that I really like. And I think he's only a second-year player. Sometimes guys develop a lot later than you want them to. Not unlike what he did at Pitt. Even though he had his moments, he got better as five years went on. Maybe this is the case here. But there are certain things that bother me that he should have already uh, figured out. And he tends to not wait on plays. He tends to you know, not go to the right place at the right time when he has time to do it. So, Well, I'll tell you this much, and I was going to do this as maybe a topic tomorrow, but it seems to fit right now. I'd be real curious to hear from people, and I won't use the phrase turned on Kenny Pickett, 
because it's not really about that, but changed your opinion on Pickett. Because I put out a different poll maybe two weeks ago. Who would you rather have, Pickett or Rudolph? And Rudolph won, Bob. I think there are a lot of people in this town who have changed their minds about Kenny Pickett. Do you agree with that? Yes. That it's almost like, an, and it's kind of unbelievable when you consider he was a pit hero, that sentiment in this town is either even Pickett may have a slight edge or Rudolph has overtaken him. Like, that's a profound change from anything I ever thought would happen. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. But it came down to performance, uh, and, and Rudolph, without getting snaps for two years, came in and, and pretty much did a very good job at handling those situations, whereas Pickett struggled. Although, again, I'm not willing to just say that's it for Pickett. I, I do believe with a new coordinator and a new strategy, potentially, could unlock this guy and get him to where he needs to be. There, yeah. Haven't you seen enough? from time to time that makes you think there's there's promise there. He he can do some yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, his last full start, he played a really good game against Cincinnati. And that was the first one without Matt Canada. Exactly. And he only got one of those. I thought he played really, really well in that game. In fact, I thought he played just about as well as Rudolph did against Cincinnati. Now, Rudolph had a couple more touchdowns in that game, but Pickett should have had at least one that got screwed up by Deontay and the officials. Yeah, two weeks ago, Bob, I said Kenny Pickett, Rudolph, or other, and 51.5% for other, although Rudolph carries about 20% to Kenny's 28 in both of these. Mm -hmm. So I, there are tons of people out there who have changed their minds on Pickett. There's no question but about that. But they can that. also change back. You know, it's just about what you do with these opportunities, and there are not many of them, but you better take advantage. Now, this is a new start for him, essentially. If he's here and if he's the guy that will start as the number one guy, he has to make the most of it. Then I wonder how long will it take? If it, Let's say Rudolph does come back, Joe, and he's not the starter, okay? But he signs a nice deal to be a high-end backup or potentially the starter. But Rudolph comes in, Pickett starts, Pickett struggles with the same sort of problems. Right. Does, does Mike Tomlin immediately go to his backup, who he knows had a pretty good run at the end of the well, last season? Well, that's the question because next time – you bench Pickett, you're probably done. Kind of like the way he was done with Trubisky, and, and we exactly. could all see it. Um, so how much will it take? What's the threshold for Pickett this year? How many games would it take for them to bench him? There's no question he will, and he would because he already did. He benched Pickett, and he buried Pickett. And once you do that once, then you know Tomlin's – Tomlin's not – this is what changed this year. Tomlin went from – the idea of he is a picket guy, Kenny Blanken Pickett. Remember that mm -hmm. from last year? Mm -hmm. Me and him, we're, we're we together. We know our roles. We're together we moving to forward. We have win games, right? Yeah, we win games. We know our roles. Yeah. To him abandoning Pickett. He could have stayed with Pickett very easily, and he didn't. So he's shown he's willing to bench and bury him. That's what we know going into next season. So I would say if they get off to a slow start and he doesn't play well, even if it's two or three games – I think he would he would be out and Rudolph would be in. Because you know the fans would start immediately. Yeah. And that pressure increases. In the meantime, I think it's pretty clear that there's plenty of public sentiment for Justin Fields in this town. I say that anecdotally. I say it from this little Twitter poll. Uh, I say the obvious that people are enticed by potential. And clearly Fields has more of that than Pickett 
or Rudolph. That doesn't mean, again, he's going to be a better player. Doesn't necessarily mean that. I'm just saying people are enticed by the talent there, the full package there. And so it's not. I don't think it's just media types driving that at all. I think there would be tons of public sentiment for bringing in Justin Fields. He does have raw talent, a lot of it. And it's about trying to figure out how to get him to maintain that level without making the mistakes he's made. He's made too many mistakes. Had a lot to do with their 2-15 and 15 record and why they're drafting number one. But if you're them, uh, if you're willing to get rid of him, that says a lot, I think, because you're going, again, backwards to an unproven quarterback. Now, to be fair, their team president just came out and doubled down on Justin keeping Fields. Him. Yeah, on keeping him. All right, him. I think Said that's, a, that's like a more – would you say that's a more prudent way to go? To trade the number one pick, you can get two or three high-end draft picks from another team. Yeah. And then and build around him. him. You still have the ninth pick also. They have the first and ninth pick. They can get – they could flip number one, get two more number ones, get their own number nine guy. They could do a lot with this and, and make their offense better just by adding you know, people around Justin Fields. So that will be their decision to make. All right, Bob. Well, this is something that uh, I think needs to happen. When I was very little, I went over to Sweden with my family, of course, not by myself. I was five years old. My wife and I were digging up all kinds of old artifacts around the house, cleaning it this weekend, and there was a report card from the Anglo-American School in Stockholm where I went for one year when I was five years old. The report card itself is immaculate, is it not? Look at that thing. It's, it's, it looks like they gave it to me yesterday. The writing is impeccable. This is like, like somebody at a professional golf tournament would write. You know how they yes. the, the, the calligraphy is just right. perfect. So I can tell you that my report cards from when I was five years old in Sweden to the end of high school got progressively worse to the point where one of my high school teachers said this kid is a menace to himself and others, basically. <laughs> uh, and I was getting very bad grades. I didn't get into any college uh, I drank hard cider the night before my SATs and tried to guess which pattern the inventor of the test did and got like an 820. I needed a special letter from one of my dad's buddies to get into Cortland State. All of that. But when I was five, Bob, I was a budding genius and a very, very good student. Would you like to read what some of the teachers from Stockholm said about a five-year-old Newshound, budding newshound, budding newshound, and it showed exactly that you were heading in that direction. And Signature I love the, of the fact class that teacher that is G. E. Elliot. G. E. Elliot, and and the fact that you're reading this, uh, I want it to, in classic Bob voice. What they said. Okay. Joe has a mature vocabulary and expresses himself beautifully. His writing is improving daily. Although Joe is familiar with many of the words he's encountered in his reading scheme, he tends to prefer to invent his own stories to suit the pictures in the book. Does that sound like me? First of all, I couldn't read that word invent. It didn't look yeah. the same. Yeah. Well, I invented my own you invent, language. Yeah, you have. You've on. come up yeah. with and nicknames would be and an example. Yeah. Joe is a very interested and an interesting pupil. He has an extremely wide Jenna. Jenna. General. Watch it, Bob. <laughs> I can't read it. has extremely <laughs> wide general knowledge. Joe works and plays well with other children in the class. That he was before polite. Ron. He is helpful. He responds well to discipline. Joe has a happy and charming nature. <laughs> that's, that's what we came here for, that last line. That was great, Bob, and thank you. One more. All right. Joe is always an active participant during drama and music lessons. 
That has proven to be prophetic. His dramatic efforts are imaginative and stimulating. Joe seems to enjoy drawing and painting, but goes through stages when his subject matter is rather limited. That's interesting to me. That stage has lasted about 48 years. <laughs> so that's it. Signed Thank by you, uh, the signature of the principal as well, who I can't read, but the tremendous job. I. This is Joe Starkey at fifth grade? No, five years five old. Five years old. Yes, five oh. years old. Wow. That was the size of a you know, fire hydrant, size of a squirrel. But they knew you were something special, Joe, even back then. I was scared, Bob. Imagine <laughs> going over to another country at five years old I know that and is, going to school. That is interesting. Felt like they were all laughing at me. Yeah, they were, actually. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Bob. Uh, these people with Pickett, this guy texts in, most people didn't change their mind on Pickett. The Pickett naysayers have always been. The, no, a lot of people have changed their mind. You're wrong, okay? They just don't want to give Pickett a chance. Maybe. I don't know. But but a lot of other people say he's gotten 25 games, and this isn't the guy I expected when they drafted him. And then on Tomlin, he didn't abandon Pickett. You're leaving out context. Pickett got injured. No, That's but why he was he healthy. Start. But he, he was healthy exactly. for the last couple of weeks. Right. Any team that has a quarterback that they believe in, that guy doesn't get replaced by injury. Sorry. So people get very very upset with the Pickett thing. That's the thing. Um, it becomes a very very upsetting topic to them, Bob. Have you noticed that? Uh, just with all quarterbacks. You know, the popular ones are the backups. When they get in there and they do well, then all of a sudden it steamrolls and heads in even more pressure on the guy who's supposed to be uh, the starter. So this will all play out in training camp, and it should be very interesting to see what the quarterback room actually looks like. And, again, it all starts to me with Mason Rudolph. His decision will impact what they do. I agree with that. Bob and I are going to draft the Pitt 21st Century Basketball Team next. Me against Bob, Bob against me. Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing HVAC service for over 50 years. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Social media's biggest loser, Malsey. Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at awaken180weightloss.com. Did you get into the text line yet, Nelly? You did? So we could actually do a little version of text in the city if there's any time left in the show. I like text in the city. So do I, Nelly. Uh, I I do like it as well. I if with the draft, I don't know if we're gonna have time. We'll make time, Nelly. Okay, that's what we do here. Um, Donnie football is next, huh? He's filling in for the guys today. Text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Football season's over. That means all eyes on the NBA. And you can get buckets on your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Man, Phoenix, the last time I saw them against Golden State, looks like they're a team. That's going to be interesting in the second half. OKC, baby. OKC. Bradley Beal might be a guy for Phoenix to watch in the second half, getting hot before people find out he's healthy again and is heating up. Might want to jump on him for a minute. Visit FanDuel.com slash Starkey and shoot your shot. 21 plus present in Pennsylvania. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. 
See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's cooking? Brought to you by your local Geico rep, Tim Hester. Thank you, Mr. Hester. Very kindly. Fan uh, also brought to you by Mr. Reuter. And we thank you, Mr. Reuter. Extra kindly. Call 412-REUTER-2. Coming up on the 50-minute mark, South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Fiat. Route 19, Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. So, here we go, Bob. It's me and you, it's you and me, and it's pit basketball. The reason this topic comes up, we were talking last night, has Blake Hinson entered the conversation for one of the best pit basketball players of the 21st century. So let's go back to the year 2000. Let's each draft a team. Five players plus a sixth man. You gave me the first pick. I love the music below With the this. understanding that I get the next two picks. Yeah, okay. the, the rest of the draft. Then I get three. Well, no. Then I get three, you get four, five, yeah. et cetera. Uh, five and a sixth man. I get the first pick. I thank you for that very kindly, Bob, because to me it's an obvious pick, and it's Mr. Dewan Blair. You're on the board. I knew you were going to pick Dewan Blair, and it's a great pick, Mr. Double Double, but I'm going to go Sam Young and Brandon Knight. Holy horse follicles. You came out of the gate strong, didn't you? Well, Sam you? Young, I love the fact that he, he made that, great. that fake jump shot, which everyone thought he was traveling or lifting his feet. He wasn't. And he just, I, I think, did a whole story on that once, his pump fake. Legendary. Pump fake, and you, he had to let the officials know, this is my game, this is what I do, right? You put Be a lot of aware. pressure on me here by making two really good picks. I didn't think you were going to take Sam Young. I thought you were going to take somebody else, and now I'm scared, Bob. You always find a way out, just as your no, uh, I don't. kindergarten teacher thought so back in Switzerland. That <laughs> was Sweden, Bob. Or whatever. <laughs> I'm glad you were paying attention. <laughs> I'm going to go with the great, the one and only. No, I'm not. Yeah, I am. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. I'm going to go with Carl Krauser as my point guard. Those two had great battles in practice. Mm. Your pick. I'm going to go defense and take Julius Page. Ah! I like Bob. Page. I like defense. So do I. You're killing me here. You're having a really strong draft, considering I took Fields first. No, now Blair I'm, first. Yeah, Blair first. Now I'm really scared, Bob. Who am I going to take now? Oh, boy. All right, you forced me to do it. I'm going to take a three-point shooter who scored 41 points just the uh, other night. Now I see what you're doing. You're de- you, you've deferred now to the guy who's doing it now because people remember now. They forget the I past. I think I, I might win the doing. Twitter poll because oh, of this. Okay, fine. Well, wait a second. Go ahead. He's a great shooter. He is a great shooter. I'm not saying that. Mr. Blakeathon Henson. Thank you. Bob? All right. Um... Tough one, ain't it? This is tough because I I, I want to fill out the middle of my. Yeah, you're not team. really building a like a team. team. Okay, now you're now, you're now taking let the me, five let best me be, players. Let me clear. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, Steven Adams didn't play here because Jamie wanted to go with his veterans, the guys. Steven yeah, Adams. This ain't about the NBA. Okay, this but Steven Adams is still. Pit. I get it. Okay, so I'll rule him out then. Instead, no, I mean if you think he was one of the best pit players no, this I century, mean, pick no, him. I think he's. If he had played more, yes, he would have been. Because yeah, of that, if, then I'm going to go with a guy who who started slowly, came on strong, developed Aaron Gray, big man inside. I'll take him. That was your first uh, 
bad pick, Bob. No, it wasn't. Yes, he was it a was. Mr. His last was, two, he no, doubled-double. Double. What state, do you want from inside game? If you miss the shot, you got to get the rebound. He, he was got good. It. Don't get me wrong. He was good. But for, but for that spot in the draft, my player is better. Dr. Chevy oh, Troutman. Okay. You're up. 25 points in the second half at UConn on a very snowy okay, night against it. Jim Calhoun. But again, Aaron, if you're talking about body of work over the course of all these years, Aaron Gray put up junior and senior year numbers that have to be very much It's okay respected. to admit that you made it. Well, I didn't. Pick, I think I like that pick. One, two, three, four. Who do I, I have four? <laughs> do I have four right now? Yes, Young, Knight, Page, and Gray. I have Blair, Krauser, Hinson, Trout. I'm going to go Ashton Gibbs. Nice pick. I love to shoot And I'm not patronizing you. That was a nice pick. Maybe the guy who had the best year, but I'm not going to pick him because I'm afraid of public sentiment. He was here for such a short time, so I'm not going to pick him. I'm not going to say who it is either because I'm scared of that as well. Now, these other guys played on losing teams, so public sentiment goes against them. So I'm not going to pick them. I'm scared of that, Bob. You're scared a lot today. I don't know why you're scared, because your Swedish teacher thought you were (laughs) unfazed by just about everything. See, you win public sentiment by going with players from their favorite era, which was the early Dixon and Mm -hmm. Howland era. That's how you win, even those, those guys... Some of them weren't necessarily the best players. Yes, I'm buying time because I'm scared. I'm going to go with... This is your last five, your last starter. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Bradley Wanamaker. Darn was, you! That was going to be my pick. Who was a great player for a number one seed. He was. Who's your sixth man, Bob? Your starting lineup is Young, Knight, Page, Gray, Gibbs. You need a sixth man. You know, I can't remember... I remember an outside shooter who I really like, Jason Mayo. I can't remember how many points he averaged, and I'm, I, my computer froze, so I can't find that. But I'm not going to pick him because I don't think he had enough of those kind of games. I will pick – I love saying Donatus Savaskis, but I'm not going to say that name. Ooh, that would have been an interesting pick. <clears throat> Lost his he shoe in taken Minnesota. His, yeah, would have taken his shoes off there. I'm going to go Nasir Robinson. That's a great pick. Unfortunately, a lot of people remember him for that I know. play, but he was a really, really he, good he, player. He got to that play because he was that good at that time. So, All right, so I get my sixth man. If I was not trying to win public favor, I would pick Justin Champagny, who may have had the best year and of And maybe he should guys. have returned one more year. Yeah, Could have. yeah, yeah. You're right about that. I'm going to go with the guy that I absolutely loved. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I'm going to go with Ronald Ramon as a shooter oh, off the bench. You like my. that, Bob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did Jason Mayo do? Can you find out for me? Did he even do it in this century? No, I think he was back in the 90s. We're picking the all 21st century. And then why pick- did you pick Ronald Ramon? Was he part of that or was he part of the 90s? Where am I thinking he's part of the 90s? Oh, my God. How he old? made the winning shot against, okay, against West Virginia out, when in like did, 2008. When did Justin Mayo? I can't remember years now. You're... I don't know. We'll look that up later. Okay. Thank well, that's you, Bob. Our team, then. I'm going to put these online. Your okay. team, uh, your team is great. It really is. But it's you have Dewan Blair, and you also have Chevy Trotman. You're going to dominate the boards, even though I think Aaron Gray can contend with those guys as a senior. Did we forget anybody important? We forgot Levance Fields. Levance Fields, but again, you have so many guards. What are you going to do? Levance Fields was great. Uh, you Gil- took Krauser. Gilbert Brown was great. Jerron Brown was great. Jerron Brown can play. Yeah. 
Lamar Patterson was really good. Michael Young was good, but he was on those teams that people don't remember fondly. I, I found it interesting that you went immediately to Blake Henson went in trouble. That, that's Same that's as Pitt does. Yeah. Same as Pitt does. <laughs> uh, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Sunny throughout the day. I believe I don't owe you anything else, Nelly. So we have time for a couple of texts in the city. So fire up that music, Bob. I'm so glad that you could participate in Text in the City with me. I like it. We we give each one a rating of 1 to 10 like we're Olympics gymnastics judges. Let's go, Nelly! Catchy song, too. I love this song. When love you hear it. this song, you know yeah. what it is. Love the show. Very well-written show, Bob. Go ahead, Nelly. Read a text and say who it's from. Tweet, the idea. tweet, right? No, Not text. Te- or text. Hence the name, text in the city, Bob. But, I, but where do we get the text? Do you still have the text? I can't get it. I don't it. even know if he can get it. Are you I, getting I it? I have it. Okay, read a couple. Uh, hmm. there's, this, there's this guy who's been saying this for the last two hours. He's saying that he went uh, five for five with four home runs in a double in Little League. And with Bob on the commission that he could get his jersey retired. As in the uh, in the little league, that's Joe from Pittsburgh. He said that at least six times. So. Good job, Joe. I give you a ten on that one because I would. I'd put you in. <laughs> I give you a five on that one, uh, Nelly. The idea is to give the name and then just read their text. I've never done this before. I know. What if they don't have a name? Then you don't read it. And if they only ask a question, you don't read it. And this segment is going downhill fast. <laughs> so let's hope you can save it. Nobody is putting their name. That's 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 the Bob. Problem. That's an explicit ex- instruction: is to say your name on the text. All right, read me an anonymous text then. Anything that's good, Nelly. Make up a name, Nelly. Just, just make up a name. Just, it say Horace or Cornelius point. or John or Frank or Tim or Billy, Ronald, Ron Cook. <laughs> yeah, there's not. There's nothing. Nothing. Make one up for God's sake, Nelly. <laughs> Nelly, you were supposed to be monitoring text throughout the show. I was, but it was it's all names of people that you guys should have put in to the retire. Read one. I don't care. Okay, read one. Anybody good? Uh, Sean yes. Miller came up a couple of times. Jerome Lane. Clearly, uh, Nelly's not getting the gist of this, Bob. <laughs> I never, I was never a fan of Sex in the City anyway. But this is Text in the City. Yeah. We're not talking sex. We're talking text. This, All right, that'll wrap yeah, it up for today. Sucks. <laughs> uh, uh, Mac and Butler said, uh, Vinny to the 93.7 The Fan Hall of Fame, would Ron Cook give his induction speech? There you go. I like that one. That's what we came I here had for, to search Bob. Th- I went down to three hours ago. Right, but you were supposed to be monitoring the text through the entire show. I thought we went over this, Nelly. I like that one. That gets a nine for me. Eight. Who would you? Who's your all-time favorite fan host, Bob, other than yourself? I, I would say Joe Starkey. Really? Yeah. No, you wouldn't. You'd say Greg Giannotti. That seems to be everybody's favorite. <laughs> I liked Greg when he was back here. Did you know Vinny? Did you like Vinny? I liked Vinny a lot. I thought he was very funny. I thought he was, uh, and he was what he was. Just a, just a guy in here, come in, talk sports the way he did in his New York accent. It was great. I used to see him at a coffee shop in Mount Lebanon. He held court with like 10 guys. They would sit out there and drink coffee. A wonderful man. He knew cars. Yeah, he, he knew loved cars. cars. He had like a Hall of Fame of cars. Thank you, Bob. You're a wonderful man. It was a pleasure man. to be with you on the Joe Show, and you can hear Joe say, "Hey, Joe has your card of the week on Wednesdays." Happy the President's card Day, castle I guess. of I, America. Know, what, uh, 
Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> a holiday. You can't even talk about President's Day without worrying. I'll say this, though. If they had an all-time basketball team, doesn't Abe Lincoln, uh, you just throw to him on the post, right, Bob? He, would he was 6'4"? He was that era's uh, Victor Wembanyama because he when was? you're 6'4", you were tall back then. I'm putting Taft down there. Just Chris Taft. Chris right? Taft he only had one William. move, though. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Bill William Taft. Taft. Oh, man. Chris you Taft. James the... Madison was 5'4". He was like the spud web of his time. He probably won the slam dunk contest, he too. Good. He probably jumped. did. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Nelly, right, wonderful guys, have job. Have a good day. Good night. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.